This podcast is sponsored by Borfindel's Dwarf Spirits. Guaranteed to blow your head off. I, I mean, really. I've seen it. One sip and boom. I'm not entirely sure I see the point, but they seem quite popular. Anyway, order Borfindel's Dwarf Spirits now at the introductory price of 14 groats per gallon and get a pint of Goblin Spittle for free. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, hello, hello and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Morris, a.k.a. Russ, or Russ, a.k.a. Morris, and with me today is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Has ever enthusiastic and excited to be here. How have you been this week, Peter? Uh, yeah, I've been pretty good, thanks. Um, started, went public, in fact, with my Mandate of Heaven. Manifest Destiny and Brave New World campaign. Mandate. Mandate of Heaven. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a mandate. That's two words you're thinking of for us. Do try and focus. Mandate as in by order of. All right. <laughs> uh, by, by, by heaven's will, yes. No, it's, uh, it's exciting. I've got um, some players. They've had a look at the setting. That appears to be well received. Um, some parts of it were... Considered a bit standouty. Apparently, sex crazed halflings. The world's not quite ready for. Okay. Uh, what can I say? I really like the Rack Queens comic. So uh, smidgens, smidgens are now a thing in my. So world. is this your hex cool sandboxy? Yes. And the setting is now out. Yeah. And um, over the course of the next week, I will be putting out the rules for character creation and how one actually goes about playing it. Exciting stuff. Yes, and having something I've just read is going to have a big effect on how the game plays out. Cool. Yes. Hmm. I've, uh, I've spent most of my week A, reading Pathfinder 2. An excellent choice. Which I uh, am now thoroughly familiar with. Excellent. I shall be I asking have, you lots of detailed rules questions. I have licked it a lot. Oh, excellent. Well, that belongs to you. Yes. Well, it's important <laughs> to know how these things taste. Oh. Um, and also on Thursday night, um, we were playing oh. our um, regular game, yes. and I slipped the, um, how are we saying it? Stigayan, I think is the word. Stigayan Library into... The, uh, the Stygian Library. The Stigayan Library into, into my game, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> while sitting in Nick's back garden getting eaten by mosquitoes. Marvellous, marvellous. And were they expecting it in any way? Were they expecting me to get eaten by mosquitoes? Well, I hope they were enjoying that, but um, <laughs> uh, were they expecting the Sidian Library? Well, Nick did notice that I had, I printed it out, yeah, and it. I had the PDF on the table in front of me, and he uh, did yeah. notice that the name on the front of the PDF matched the name of the latest podcast, oh, yeah, and he yeah. was like, should I not listen to that podcast <laughs> then? It's like, ah, it's fine. There is. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I just slipped that in, and yeah, it worked yeah. well. Oh, good. They needed a piece of information. I thought, hey, why not use that as the way for them to get it? Fantastic. I hope they had as much fun as we did. Um, more. They had a thousand times more. Oh, wow. Okay. That's only because they were free crisps to eat. Wow. That, wow. <laughs> there we go. But not really suitable snacking material whilst podcasting due to the crunching sounds. Whereas I was suitable snacking material for the random <laughs> mosquitoes. <laughs> Unless everyone was happy. My arm, my arm Except on you. Friday, my yes. fore, right forearm was like twice the size. It really swelled. It was really bad. I see. Yes. Honestly, I was not <laughs> not a happy bunny. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But it's, it's gone down now. But oh, oh man, that was bad. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's enough yeah. of that. Yes. Shall we do some <laughs> news? Yes, let's. Hey, you know what week it is this week? 
Um, yes, it is the weekend of the 29th of July. That is one of the things to do. <laughs> <laughs> is it the week before Gen Con? <laughs> well, it's the week of Gen Con. It is the week of Gen Con. Yes, this uh, is, well, when this comes out, um, yeah. this, this episode's not coming out until Thursday. We'd apologise for the delay, but we did this deliberately. Uh, yes, um, because um, because we're talking all about Pathfinder and Pathfinder releases on Thursday. So, um, yeah, the podcast is coming out on Thursday. Yes. But that's also the first day yes. of Gen Con. So when people ah. hear this, Gen Con will have started. Ah. <laughs> Thousands of geeks from all around the world will be converging on yes. Indianapolis. <laughs> it's as if a thousand million bars of soap all cried out in horror and were then silent. Yeah. No, no, that's an old stereotype which we shouldn't perpetrate. It must be four or five years since I've been now. It has been yeah. a while. Yeah. I've got to get back there sometime. Well, yeah. Depends Depends on when you get time for a holiday. It's just such a long way away. <laughs> <laughs> it is in America. That is a problem. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, yes. yeah, so, so Gen Con started. We yes. don't know anything about anything that's happening there because that's in four days' time from our point of view. I see. Or right now from your point of view. Yes. Or in the past, if you're listening to a net later. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Yes. How time works. Yes, fascinating. <laughs> so for the rest of our podcast, you managed to uh, escape from remedial classes on <laughs> chronology basics from my one. Come on, shall we do some news? All right, then. So there's a, there's, a, there's a big miniature being released to go along with the descent into Avernus storyline. Okay, a big, a big miniature, like yes. Is it, love, is it a fake? I, I love, I love the, uh, the the combination of those two words, a big miniature. <laughs> well, like, is is it very exciting? Uh, so it's the Infernal War Machine. Oh, and this is what it looks like. We'll oh, put okay. a link in the show notes because people on our podcast cannot see this unless yeah. you want to try and paint a picture with words. Well, I'll give it a go. Um, it looks like a shoe, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a bit like an angry shoe, which fits in with the Avernus theme of uh, vampire boots. Um, in this particular case, it looks like one of those old German World War II half tracks, which has had a uh, Triceratops skull attached to the front of it with a night visor slightly behind it. That's and the whole thing has been slightly melted and painted black and red. Yeah. Yeah, so I, think, no, I think you'll find that's a, that's a brilliant description. It is a pretty good description. When yeah. people actually do look in the show notes and click on the link and look at the picture, they'll see exactly what you mean. Yeah, they'll be like, oh yeah, that does make sense. I yeah. mean, obviously you might not understand it, but that's what I'm seeing. So this thing is 11 inches long. That's, that's, um, that's nearly a foot long. It costs 69.99. Crikey. Uh, that's and quite it, cheap, actually. It fits six miniatures in its passenger area, plus wow. one in the driver's seat. I see. Move over Games Workshop. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. quite cool. That's, that's being produced yeah. by WizKids. Mm, yeah. It's, for, the, uh, uh, for the Descent into Avernus adventure. Right. But it's really enormous. That's yeah, the, the Infernal War Machine, I think that's quite an important part of it. Isn't Alternatively, it? you can just get a shoe and paint it red, and that will have much the same effect. Uh, we'd recommend uh, probably not a boot, but just one of your regular dress shoes. It's uh, kind of like a trainer, really, isn't it? Yeah, I, I reckon so. you could get away with a black trainer. Paint some red stripe on it. Job done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, not to disparity. Good artists and sculptors that was kids, uh, which actually it's a very nice model. Honestly, we like it. <laughs> uh, what else we we got in the news? What do we got? What do we got? Uh, Project Raptor. Project Raptor or Project Rapture? Raptor. Raptor. I see. As in a bird of prey. Tell me yes. more. Yes. Um, this is by Keith Baker, who created Eberron. Oh yes, yeah. And um, Project Raptor is. A new Eberron source book, mm. which he is writing. I see. Um, he says it's not official, right? 
But as far as I'm concerned, he's the creator of everyone. He's writing it. That's about as official as it gets in my mind. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so in my mind, it is very much official. Um, but he's writing it. It's coming to PDF and print-on-demand hardcover Ooh. for the Dungeon Masters Guild. Um, it's going to be 160 pages. Nice. Uh, late 2019 release. Okay. Well, we should look forward to that. Yeah. Scribbles from Keith Baker? Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. It's an interesting setting. I'm looking forward to returning there in probably about uh, five weeks' time. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yes, uh, my my DM has asked for a renewal of the season. Hmm. It's like, oh, go on then. And that's the only thing that will get me away from Stars Without Number. <laughs> uh, we're not actually, we, it's only the two of us, so we're not doing a Kickstarter game today, so I'll just do a very, very quick Kickstarter roundup. Oh, we yes, yes do please. It super quick. Yes. Um, oh, we could call it the Quickfire Kickstarter. We could do. Okay. The things things ending soon are yes. uh, Big Eye Small Mouth 4th Edition. The anime game. Thursday, August the 8th. Yeah. Uh, there is An Occurrence at Howling Crater, which is a 5e module, an old school Groundhouse style thing. Um, Grindhouse, do you mean? Groundhouse style genre bending, okay. it says. Nice. Uh, that, that ends August 6th. Sweet. Uh, the Misty Halls of Calavoca. Calavoca. Which is an OSR D&D adventure. Okay, yep. And it's Pulp Fantastic. Yep. A setting book for Savage Worlds, ending on Thursday, August the 8th. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got Tailspire, which is a way of playing pen and paper RPGs online in pretty graphics like that look. Ooh, you that is You get a sort good. of uh, 3D isometric view of miniatures, essentially, on a Ooh. digital landscape. Okay, okay. Uh, Demigods, which is yeah. powered by the Apocalypse Adventure, where you play the Children of Gods. Right, right. So mm. uh, different from Godborn and Scion in many important ways. Hmm. Yeah. Mostly being powered by the apocalypse. But that's, that's the upcoming crowdfunding news. Okay, yeah, well, those are all exciting uh, crowdfunders. We look forward to hearing more from them. We do, we do, we do. Okay, um, Catalyst Game Labs. Yes? Have previewed a whole bunch of new Shadowrun things. Ah, Shadowrun. Daryl, contain your excitement. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they previewed the uh, Shadowrun Sixth World Core rulebook. Ooh. Which is going to be available at Gen Con. Yes. I mean, we've already talked about these a little bit in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, These are things that are literally coming but, up. But it'd be nice if they can make a Shadow Run in which people say, yes, I'm excited to play this. Yeah, yeah. And then they read it and they're like, yes, this is really exciting still. Hmm. And then they actually run it because I'd like to play in a game of Shadow Run at some point. Fair enough. As opposed to a hack of Shadow Run. <laughs> uh, so we've also got uh, the Sixth World Beginner Box. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Uh, we've got the Shadow Run Dice and Edge Tokens. Important. And we've got uh, the Rose Gallery NPC Cards. Always good. We've got some miniatures. Ooh. And we have the Neo-Anarchist Streetpedia. A valuable resource for all aspiring GMs. Uh, no Future, which is um, a, uh, a, a source book. Okay. Uh, what hot new shows are on the Tridio tonight? It says, uh. a sledge collectible statue. Uh-huh. What sledge? Um, I guess it's a guy. Sledge is a thing that Shadowrun people know about. Okay. Yes. Okay. He's an orc street samurai. <laughs> okay. Yes. And yeah, so that's, 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 that's the stuff they're releasing at Gen Con. Brace yourself for sarcastic Daryl comments, listeners. <laughs> yes. Daryl is uh, currently tearing his hair out. Like, how can you not know? Daryl. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, <on>. Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hello, your editor Daryl here. I am surprisingly not pulling my hair out. Uh, it's actually not surprising people wouldn't know who Sledge is. Sledge is actually a brand new character for 6th edition. It's one of the uh, pre-generated PCs for this new edition. It's the Orc Street Samurai character. So it's absolutely unsurprising that anyone who hasn't been rapidly following the new edition doesn't know who he is. A Pathfinder also posted their character sheets. Yes. Quasi posted the Pathfinder character sheets saying, ooh, ooh if, if this game has a really, really weak point, I'm not fond of those character sheets. Mm -hmm. Have you seen I, them? I, I have seen them, and... Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, crocky, yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Peso have announced that there were Masterclass miniatures for Starfinder. Yeah. Um, which were being produced by Ninja Division. Okay. Are now instead yes. going to be produced by Archon Studio. Right. I don't know what difference that will make, but they've changed the company they're using to produce these miniatures. Okay. Um, there are Kickstarter awards that are already going out Ooh. from the uh, original partner. Right. Uh, apparently, Archon Studio plans to ship the Kickstarter awards in, in uh, waves. Um, Isn't that but, Archon? But also, they're stuck, or, or Archon, however, however yeah, you want to say it. They'll be starting over. Yes. Oh. So, if you've already received miniatures from Ninja Division, right. you can get duplicates what? from Archon or Archon, but oh. this time in plastic rather than resin. Wow. Such generosity. I don't know why that's happening, but that, that is happening. I guess, I guess they have their reasons. I guess. Already. Yeah. No disadvantaging people. Uh, Paizo's really filling their oats. Yeah. Paizo? Paizo? Roll20 stats came in. Oh, yeah. 2019. Oh, I'm afraid I've seen that already, but it was very exciting. It is interesting. Yes. So, usually, yes. the news is exactly the same with this, isn't it? Yes. And we say exactly the same thing, whether it's Fantasy Grounds or ICV2's charts or whether it's... Or whoever. Uh, Roll20s. It's always exactly the same. Yes. Slightly different this time. Is that D&D is the biggest game ever and nothing can even come close. <laughs> well, that's the usual <laughs> news, yeah. Well, the slight difference is, yeah. this time, D&D's dropped <gasps> by 10%. Bum, bum, bum. Which is, um, yeah, uh, Pathfinder's also dropped. I guess, I guess the question that uh, everyone's going to be asking is, why? Why, Russ? Why has it dropped? Uh, uh, well, hang on, wait till I finish. Okay. Uh, Call of Cthulhu yes. has risen massively. Ooh. I made this little graph look. Oh, yes, yeah. So, um, up here we've got D&D. &D. Yes. So, it's been going up. and oh, it's yeah, dropped yeah. a bit. Yeah. There we've got Peso, which has been dropping, uh, Pathfinder, which has been dropping steadily for a while. But that well, always happens. When it's, not, it's, it's, it's like a fairly minor increase, yeah, to be fair. Right. Um, and then and I think got, we've said earlier that the number of role-playing games has been increasing. Yeah. So, like, proportionally, it's just been stable as opposed to yeah. shrinking. Uh, but we've got Call of Cthulhu here, which yep. has been on the rise, and it's overtaken Pathfinder. Hmm. Mm, so it has. Yeah. This is just for this one quarter, but there is yeah. there is a reason behind this, though. Yes, what is the reason? They've totally changed the way they count. Well, that, that will affect numbers, yes. So the thing is, the way the, the new way they count seems like it's more accurate to me. Yeah, what, what was the old way they counted? So the old way they counted was just Roll20 would look at people uh, player profiles yep. and just whatever they'd written in there to say they were interested in. Yeah. Uh, and they take a sample, yeah. and that was basically it. Uh, now what they're doing is they're taking everybody's um, account, and they've got about right. four million accounts. Okay. Uh, and they're looking at the characters, uh, character sheets that are used. I see. They're seeing what people are actually playing as opposed to what they say they're interested yeah. in. Yes. I mean, that doesn't necessarily solve the problem that people do make character builds and that's don't true. use them. Yes, that's true. Uh, which is what D&D &D Beyond has that. 
Oh my, yeah. Side, isn't it? So much, yeah. yeah. Um, so, it, you know, there are still flaws in it, but it does seem to me to be a more accurate way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, t- t- so it's D&D is in first place. Then we've got... Uh, it's a what? D&D 51%. Yeah, that, that's fifth edition rule set. Is fifty one percent, and then we got nearly fifty two to be fair. Uncategorized, which we can miss out. Yeah, that's just stuff. Call mm. of Cthulhu is just under ten percent there. Yep, and then we got Pathfinder at six and a half percent. Interesting. And then you got three point five at was it one point six percent? Yeah, you need three point five at one point six percent. That's quite interesting because that's a bit of a change round because before it was something like. Fifth uh, edition D and D was what sixty five percent. It was about sixty ish, yeah, yeah, sixty something. And then you had uh, ten fifteen percent of Pathfinder, hmm. and then there was another five percent of um, assorted Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. and then yeah, then everything else was like coming in like little micro quantities. Hmm. But here, some of these things are actually achieving actual percentages. Yeah, I mean, Starfinder's on there too. Yeah. Uh, I'm seeing Warhammer and World of Darkness. They're also yeah. making an appearance. It's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out beyond just this one quarter, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, obviously, with time, we'll see more stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, with Pathfinder 2 coming out, I imagine that um, Pazos mm. stats are going to get a bit of a shake-up. Whether they're going to go up or down, oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, but, uh, um, I, I know which way my money's betting, but anyway, let's crack on. Right, then. What else do we have in the news? So there's a, a thing on the iOS app store for iPad. Oh, yeah. It's right. only available for iPad at the moment. I don't yeah. know if they plan to release it for other things. Mm-hmm. And it's called Game Author. Yeah. And it's designed... I don't know why it's called Game Author, because what it does is let you design, roll, and share custom dice. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's clearly what all the authors do nowadays. They just design custom dice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so um, these custom dice, obviously, you use the um, app itself to roll them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get it from the iOS app store, $6.99. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you can just make your own custom dice and share them with other people. Okay. Well, that's nice. If that came with some kind of print on demand type thing Ooh. where you could just go, oh, I like that, and you just press a button and it arrives at your house three days later, that would be pretty cool. Wow, like, yeah, this, this sounds like a killer get, app for 3D I, printing. I would get addicted to that if that happened. Your house would be full of tiny, annoying shapes of tiny, annoying polyhedra. Yeah. <laughs> Not a platonic solid insight. Yeah. You have a D32. Oh, I see. So you can use AR mode on your um, iPad yeah. to roll them on the table. Mm-hmm. Or you can turn your TV using AirPlay into a shared rolling surface. Okay. Or you can export print-and-play patterns and create physical paper dice. Ooh. Which is... Not- Something Not I would ever do. No. <laughs> <laughs> but one for the arts and crafts people out there who yeah. really enjoy that sort yeah. of thing. So, yeah, yeah, good times. Yeah, that's, that's kind of pretty much it for the news. It's quiet yeah. coming up to Gen Con. There's going to be a whole bunch of releases to... to talk about next week. Oh, next Monday is just going to be hilarious. Uh, don't we have uh, that wonderful chap, that friend of yours on? That wonderful chap. Wonderful chap. That wonderful chap. Yes. Um, Shall I say his name? Kevin Culp. You can say, if you say yeah. his name three times. <laughs> Kevin Culp, Kevin Culp, Kevin Culp. Oh, that wasn't yes. true. I have been bamboozled. Yes. <laughs> yeah, next week we'll have game designer Kevin Culp coming on. Oh, marvellous, marvellous. Yeah, so I shall have to make sure I actually read my copy of Time Watch. I would. Yes. I can ask him lots of questions. Yeah. 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 Well, that's it for the news. Ah. Oh, well. except I've got a copy of Simply Six here. Oh, yes, that's very nice. In paperback format. Yes. And you've just suggested to me that I actually do this 
in small paperbacks because it's such a, a small book. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say flimsy per se. That would that'd be harsh. It's, it's a, only about twenty it's, pages. It's, it's admirably concise. Yeah, yeah. I, think, yeah, I could <laughs> cut that in half definitely. That's a brilliant yeah. idea. And you can sell that at conventions for under a fiver. Yeah, that's a wonderful idea. I'm gonna like do a, a pocket-sized book. That so you a... take role-playing games around where, wherever you are, just in case you're like, well, what should we do now? We could play a role-playing game. That is a thing I will that's, do. It's yeah. a good idea. Oh, fantastic. Okay then. It. Aha! A new player. Guys, please welcome Julius. He's played Caverns and Wyverns before, so he should be up to speed. Hi, thanks for the welcome. I'm looking forward to diving in. So, uh, so Julius, um, what edition of Caverns and Wyverns are you most familiar with? Uh, yeah, uh, last I played was 16th edition a few years ago. 16th edition? Yeah, is, is that a problem? We don't talk about 16th edition around here. The edition which introduced micro-hit points. Oh, thank you not to mention it again. Oh, uh, right, sorry. I didn't realise you felt so strongly. Um, I did play edition 19.6 for a while. Why are you all glaring at me like that? Any self-respecting gamer knows perfectly well that any edition which included a purple dragon is no true edition. 19.6. Brah! Next you'll be saying you played 21C. Well, yes, I did play a session of 21C a while back. It was okay. 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 Okay! Look, Julius, I don't think you're going to fit in here. Edition 21C was the one which moved fireball from third to fourth level. Intolerable. Wait, wait, no. It was 21D. My mistake. Ah, fair enough. I thought I was going to have to throw you out there. 21D is an acceptable edition, although deeply flawed. Really? I thought it played fine. I mean, they all do, really. Fine? Well, if you're happy with fine, you may as well play the 2016 Essential Edition, or use the 2012 Arata with 12th edition. That's all over my head. For me, it's more about the players, the friendship, the company of people with similar interests, the camaraderie, you know. Camaraderie must be earned, my friend, and it is not earned by playing the wrong edition. Yeah, okay, I see, I see. Uh, so, what edition do you guys play here? Well, we play 23rd edition, of course, with the 2018 errata and the online supplemental material, but not the article from April 29 for obvious reasons. 23rd edition? Sir, I will not... Darken your doorstep again. How could any true gamer play that diabolical edition? Did you even see the font they chose? So, Pathfinder 2. Um, right, we can actually talk about it. I have been dying to talk about this. Well, for the past couple of days, because I've been reading it intensively. And this... Uh, Oh, I'm conflicted. I'm... Oh, you go first. Tell me stuff. Well, how about, before we start, yes. why don't we sort of have this sort of little disclaimer thing yes. and just sort of like let people know where we're coming from on this. Good shout. Because we've both got different backgrounds in this game. Super different. So if you go first, then I'll, I'll see where I'm coming from afterwards. Yeah. I've played like one game of Pathfinder. I've played a bit of 3.5. I even ran a campaign of 3.0 or 3.5. It was like 20 years ago, I'll be honest. So I'm not super up to speed. Fifth edition uh, is largely my context upon which I am judging this game. 
and um, I quite enjoy it. I have a certain level of system mastery, if I may be so bold as to blow my own trumpet, but that is where I'm coming from. So for me, um, obviously I played 3.5 or 3E and 3.5 when they came out in mm-hmm. 99, 2000. Yeah, yeah. Um, ran a couple of long campaigns with those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, when 4E came out, yep. um, did try 4E for yeah. one long campaign, mm. then went to Pathfinder yeah, so yeah. that I could keep using the 3.X engine because that I, you know, I personally preferred. Worked well for you, yeah. Uh, and then um, I think, let's think, I uh, played kingmaker campaign yes probably four or five years ago run by, mm. by a friend of mine that lasted probably nine months or so mm, haven't mm. played it since then though yeah like, oh no apart from the pathfinder play test yeah which we played mm. like late last year running into early this year yeah but which was like very much based on sort of stress testing scenarios yeah. and making new characters for each one so it wasn't really like yeah. the exciting role playing experience yeah. that you'd hope for I mean, from a preference point of view yeah. I think I come from a, a higher um, higher score than you do in that I, you, I, you, I, you I, like I, your crunch yeah. I, 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 I'm more fun to the 3.x era of games than you are I think a lot more yeah. that's entirely yeah. fair yeah yeah, yeah. So that's so so yeah. So people know where we're coming from on this, and yeah. why we might have slightly different views. Yeah, I, 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 I like certain levers to pull, but I find too much crunch gets in the way of my immersion. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I really noticed about this is yeah. a weird coincidence, right? Yeah. Yeah. Page count, the size yeah. of this book. It's a big book. Yes. It's a big, big, big book. Yeah. Uh, so it's six hundred and thirty-eight pages. Yes. Now guess what the Five E Players Handbook and DMG come to together? Um. I don't know, about 550-odd, something 636. Oh. This is within two pages That is of 5th edition, D&D 5th edition. Wow, okay. That's that's, that's interesting. That's a, it must be a coincidence, but it's a hell of a... Oh, that is, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly the same length. Ah. Because obviously, like, uh, yes. D&D 5th edition, if you ignore the best trees for both games... Yes. Um, so the best tree for Pathfinder and the monster manual for D&D. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the core rule book for Pathfinder is a, is basically the player's handbook and DMG combined. Yes. they put it in one book rather than two. That, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Everything you do need is in this one book. Yeah. But somehow within two pages, that's really weird. That is, that is weird. It's like, could mm. that be deliberate? I don't know. Well, I guess it might be a deliberate marketing strategy because I noticed... In the back of the book, it mentions that there is a whole law section for Galarian. Yeah. That's available as a separate book. And the bestiary, which would be the equivalent of the Monster Manual, is also available as yeah. a separate book. Well, so I guess what they're trying to avoid is trying to avoid the appearance of the Pathfinder books are just um, much weightier. <clears throat> I think by keeping them together, it, do, it does allow for saying, well, actually, we, it is basically the same amount of effort to learn as uh, the 5th edition rule set. Yeah. I mean, games are more commonly one core rule book yes. than they are like three core rule books. Oh, that's the, oh absolutely. That's a standard yeah. way to release an RPG. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, well, yeah. anyway, um, so like my, my overall impression of it. Yes. So I think it's important to distinguish between when you're talking about a game, complexity and depth yes. as being two different things. Very much so. So complexity, I personally see as oh. a game that has lots and lots of different rules that you have to learn. Yeah. Whereas depth... Mm-hmm is lots of options. Okay. So a very, very, a very sort of extreme example of it. Yeah. So I would say a game with low complexity would be my Simply Six thing. There's one rule. Yes. But you could give it a lot of depth Mm -hmm. by adding uh, a thousand skills to it. But you're still using the one rule. 
So yeah. it's not complex. You're not having, there's no hmm. extra cognitive load to learning how to run it. Okay. But the yeah. extra depth gives you, it's a stupid example really, because that would ruin the game doing that. But you know, yeah, um, I, that I, gives it more depth because you've got more options to okay. use with it. So that's how I kind of see that. Okay. I see. Uh, uh, okay. That's, that, that's a definition. Okay. But right, I'll try and, I'll try and bear that in mind. So complexity is how many different rules, systems and subsystems yeah. one has to play with. Yeah. And depth is how many options you can yeah. derive off those. So if you've got okay. a game that's got a different way of doing an attack or a different way of doing a skill check and a different way of doing grappling and a different way of doing um, spell casting and all this sort of stuff. Well, you're you, just talking des- a- you just described a game I'm never going to play. You're talking a complex system because yeah. it's got lots of different... Yes, it's like a different thing that I have to remember for each and every one. Yeah. And as a GM, it's like, no. I'm not touching that. So, As a player, I'm like, I'm not I'm not fond of this. So a less complex game will use the same base mechanic for all of those things. Yes, but it can still have a lot of depth by having lots of different options that one can execute these things with. Mm. Okay, yeah. So the reason I wanted to explain what I meant by those, yes. I, I mean, other people might have different definitions, but so people now know what mm. I mean by them when I talk about them. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there, uh, what I think Pathfinder 2 has done mm. here yeah. is they have yes. reduced complexity Yes. Uh, compared to Pathfinder 1. These sort okay. of uh, rule systems are more uniform. Uh, it's easier to basically understand. If you can do one, if you can do a skill check, you can do an attack work. It's all... And do a saving throw. It's all It's all very similar. They, they definitely copied 5e's homework in that respect. But, but they have increased improved. the depth. They have increased the depth quite a lot. Like the character options. I mean, mm, yeah, was, obviously yeah. not compared to... Pathfinder's entire ten-year history. No, no, in the core book. Core well, book well let, 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 let's let's compare like with like. You're yeah. comparing. You should compare Pathfinder to three point five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you 3. should be com- uh, to three point five Dungeons and Dragons. No, sure. I think so. Um, and I don't think you should compare Pathfinder two to Pathfinder one. Well, you could, but I'm just going to throw this out here. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but a lot of our listeners will know. Okay, in uh, which case... A lot of people were thinking, thinking, what's changed? I think oh, oh, yeah, okay. Be, what, so. What's changed is something you'll know much more about than me. Yeah. I yeah. yeah. Um, so that's what I think's happened. I think no. they have reduced the complexity, they've yeah. increased the depth. Overall, yes. that's the effect. Mm-mm-mm. And we can talk a bit more about how that's happened, but... Oh, yeah. That's that's what I think they've done. And it is a deep game, I've got to say. Mm. I'm liking it. I'm liking that bit. Mm. Well, I mean, one of the first things I noticed uh, mm-hmm. is there's 10 levels of spells. Yes. Yes. Um, and also how clearly the book is laid out. Um, Do you know what I like? It's those side things. Yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking about. Like you open that book up and there's like a little, along the side, it's got which section of the book it is and then it's highlighted which section of the book yeah. you're in. So it's easy to navigate. <sighs> that's that's just such a godsend. I spent a lot of time flipping through. But I wonder if actually books. having page numbers there would help. Because I still find myself, you still kind of, you, ooh, the, the three sections th- down. Okay, about there. Okay. The, the page numbers are there, and they're very clear as well. They're in a um, high contrast font. Oh, okay. High contrast color. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, they're, they're, they're like a bright red compared to the white background that they're on. Okay. You can definitely see them. And I, I, I must say, I heartily approve. No, I mean in the bit down the side. Yeah, the page no. numbers down there. Oh, oh, okay. Do they have the page numbers there as well? No, that's, that's why I said they didn't have. Oh, well, they I think it would be numbers. No, okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> we're, 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 we're talking at cross purposes. Let's so that bit down the side there is awesome. Uh, if that bit down the side also had the page numbers in it. Oh, so if you Because you look right, at it right. and you go, oh, uh, combat, that was three sections down. Right, right. right. But if, it, if you can see it was three sections down and page 392, yeah. you go straight to it. Yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. Um, I feel, for my taste, 
that will make it a bit busy. Okay. I mean, it's just a tiny thing. It's not. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, but, and the internal cross-referencing, like when they refer to rules, they give you the page number of the section you're expected to yeah. turn to. I mean, that that's the mark that, of a sort of polished, oh. highly edited game. It's that, that, oh, yes. The Stuff editing. that some of us can only dream of. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what happens when you've got a big company with yeah. lots of resources and they're able to, you know, whereas smaller companies... I'm going to hold up this copy of the DMG and look at you sceptically. I'm going to hold up this copy of the PHB oh, as a, a big company, what, like Hasbro. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Sorry, no, I, I don't mean to, like, poo on 5th edition, but, you know, it's, it's not as good in terms of layout and cross-referencing. And I have noticed that when I'm, like, trying to find important points. So... I kind of think this is kind of pitched. Now I can't. I'm not, I can't speak to uh, Peso's mindset yeah. or what their intention is. I yeah. can only say what I I think yeah. by looking at it. Mm-hmm. I think this is kind of pitched as if you play Five E, yes, but you want something a bit more advanced. Mm-hmm. This is where you go. I think that's their something with a bit more depth. Not not more. Not much more. I'd say complexity wise, it's about. On a par, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, but with a bit more depth, more yeah. character options, and all this sort of stuff, that's where you would go. Um, I think it's aimed at people who are coming into the hobby. You think? I, I, I not only think. I am pretty sure okay. of that. To be one hundred percent honest, because there's different chapters in the book. There's the basics, and there's the play, and there's the GM advice. Mm-hmm. And I've actually been reading through the basics mm-hmm. just because I want to see mm-hmm. how they're setting out. Because one of the criticisms that has been rightly leveled at 5th edition is it doesn't actually tell you how to run the game. Does it does in the DMG, doesn't it? Mm, it gives you... There's an awful lot of Game Master advice in the DMG. It, there's a lot of advice, but it doesn't, it's, it's quite, some of it's quite generic. Mm. And the actual specifics about... This is how you do it, mm-hmm. and this is how it's broken down. Oh, I'd actually say relatively groundbreaking for Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Uh, and by Dungeons and Dragons, I include all of the Pathfinder stuff. And basically, if you're if you're going spelunking and there's a dungeon and there's a dragon, we include Pathfinder and the various editions here. So this is this is quite groundbreaking. Like this, breaking it into encounters. And exploration and downtime yes. explicitly. Yes. And if you don't know how to play Dungeons and Dragons because you have never played a role-playing game before, and you pick this book up and you read it, you will know in a lot more detail mm-hmm. how to play this game. Fair enough. Okay. And it's like it's a game. I and that's such a. I know this shouldn't be a revolutionary role-playing game concept, but actually it is. Like some things, like the Powered by the Apocalypse. Apocalypse World that said in detail what you should be doing at each different point. Yeah. And that's why they've been so massively successful and spawned so many spin-offs. Mm. And this book, it says this is this is basically it's almost like a step-by-step guide about how you actually do it. Mm. I mean you are right, it, it does d- divide the game into three distinct modes which you yes. switch, switch between. Yes. So there's the encounter mode, which is based which is rounds. Yes. Yeah. And then we've got exploration mode, which is kind of free form. Yeah. yeah. Then you've got a downtime mode, which is kind of like a daily thing where you're getting on yeah. with other stuff. And, and obviously, this is not revolutionary. Like, this is basically how you play the game. Mm-hmm. But what is revolutionary, from my point of view, is it's explicitly stated, this is how you play the game. Yeah. And it breaks it down. So, like I say, this is aimed at people who have never played it before. Uh, like, they don't understand how to play it because they're mate. They haven't learned how to play it. This isn't, 
this isn't aimed necessarily at Pathfinder players. Yeah. It's aimed at people who are like, I'll give this a whirl, this looks like Fair a enough. laugh, pick it up, oh, okay, now I understand this. Hmm. Like this, this is, uh, and there is, oh, crikey, there's, I, I've got like, I, I made some notes, blah, blah, blah. That's a lot of notes you've got it, it, How many pages have you, of notes have you got there? Well, well, quite a lot of this is just like um, things like uh, how much of things there are, just so people can have an idea about mm. what things have changed. Um, but like the, they, they, in the games mastering advice, it's got things like gaming is for everyone. Never let those acting in bad faith undermine your game or exclude other players. Your efforts are part of the long-term process of making games and gaming culture welcoming to all. Working together, we can build a community where players of all identities and experiences feel safe. Okay. Well, that's, that's got, powerful stuff. So that's got, speaking. I've got that in my, in my notes as well, actually. I've got yeah. this long list of notes here. That's like down in note number, yeah, yeah. number 16 of 20, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I went through the book in order, and that GM yeah, advising yeah. is further down. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. The but, GM um, advice, yeah. But yeah, certainly, like you said, there's things about setting tones and environments in there, yes. planning campaigns. Yes. And they've got things like tools for responsible play, like X cards and stuff like that. Oh, information about. Yeah, no, I mean, it's like, it's got. Good, it's codified good practice. Mm. Um, like and that, that is yeah, like the X cards, drawing veils, drawing lines. These are things which are like basically things that I recommend to all the like aspiring GMs to learn. But here, it's actually written in the book. Mm. They're actually saying this is how you should run the game. Um, it is. It, I, I mean, I subscribe to a Reddit called rpg horror stories just because i'm interested in seeing things that go wrong and a lot of it is sometimes it's bad gming but other things are the again a quote from the book itself the following acts should never be performed by player characters torture rape non-sexual sexual contact or sexual threats harm to children including sexual abuse owning slaves or profiting from the slave trade reprehensible uses of mind control magic villains might engage in sex acts but they won't happen on screen or won't be described in detail May groups choose not to have villains engaged in these activities or keeping these reprehensible acts out of mind entirely. That's from the Pathfinder book. That is a yeah. quote yeah. from the Pathfinder book. It's a hell of a thing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's like, maybe this should be in all the books. Mm. It's, yeah, like I say, codified good practice. I'm I'm very, very impressed. Cool. Yeah. Well, one thing I did notice, and I'm yes. not sure whether this is new or not, but yes. I, I feel like it is. Mm-hmm. Galarian, yes. uh, like, Pezo's big sort of default yeah, yeah. equivalent of the Forgotten Realms mm-hmm. um, is uh, kind of codified in the book as uh, the default setting. Yes. Which I don't think it was before. I could be mm. wrong. I'd have to dig out Pathfinder 1 and, and look through it again, but yeah. I've got a feeling it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, think I mean, they... there's a chapter in there about it, and mm-hmm. it's also referenced elsewhere in the book. Yeah. Uh, it, it is referenced elsewhere in the book, uh, specifically the adventures and the adventure paths mm-hmm. and the Pathfinder Society. Yeah. And I think that's going to be almost like a killer app yeah. for this because I don't know Pathfinder, obviously, mm-hmm. but they're saying you can take these pre-existing adventures mm-hmm. and just straight up use them. Yeah. And that is like, because one of the things about Pathfinder that's always been amazing is the fact that they've had all these like really big fantastically detailed stories. Yeah, yeah. Paizo's really well known for his adventure paths. Yeah, uh, and so saying, and you'll be able to take this rule set and use any of the existing materials with them, and it's not mentioning a lot of conversion work, so Mm. I presume it's going to be very minimal changes, if any, you have to make. Yeah, and that's, that's, 
And that, for me, is really attractive mm. because uh, one of the longest-running games I've got in my club has been um, a conversion on the fly of Pathfinder yeah. to 5th edition. Yeah. So actually having to say, actually, we're going to just run it using Pathfinder 2. And I'm like, well, actually, yeah, this is simple enough to do. Mm. I, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of options in here. And that, mm. that's, uh, I don't know. I feel there's a lot of things that are codified. Mm. And again, that's what makes me think it's aimed at newer GMs because they've always got something to turn to. Should we um, dive into some details then? Oh, go on then. So let's have a look at the uh, character creation, which is a big part of the book. Yeah. Yes. Um, so characters, you create, you have an ancestry, which is what yes. they now call race. Yes. Uh, you have a background. Yes. And you have a class. Yes. Um, so with the races, yes. um, it's pretty much a standard list of races you're going to get in D&D or Pathfinder. Well, well, it's, it's, Plus it's a, a goblin. Yes, it, it is a little bit shorter, actually, which I was quite intrigued by. Uh, well, Half-Orc is gone, but it is there. Yeah, yeah. It is If you thought it was gone, you have been bamboozled. <laughs> so each race has heritages, which yes. are basically sub-races. Yes. And Half-Orc is a human heritage. Yes. So it's a sub-race. As is Half-Elf. As is Half-Elf. Yes. Um, so it's got Goblin. Yes. Um, obviously, it doesn't have D&D's um, Tiefling and um, um, Dragonborn. No, no. Because they're, you know, they're D&D-isms. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so other, otherwise, fairly standard list of races. Yeah. Dwarf, Elf, Gnome, Goblin, Halfling, Human. And then each of these heritage, uh, each of these ancestries are broken down into three heritages. So what I found three, really five, interesting five, is mm-hmm. each race is... Two characters of the same race, yes. same not, ancestry, yes. uh, same ancestry. Yeah, yes. sorry, are not going to be the same as each other because you mm. don't just get this set list of things. Yes, you you get a choice. Of yeah, abilities. oh yes, yes, that's true. Yeah. So if you're if you're playing a dwarf and I'm playing a dwarf, yeah. you might choose um, a certain bunch of uh, race, uh, ancestry feats, yes, and I might choose some different ones. So we'll end up with different dwarves, even though they're both the same ancestry. But they will also be quite similar. Because uh, non-humans get three ability boosts mm-hmm. and one floor, mm-hmm. whereas humans get two free picks but no floor. Yeah. So I think that's uh, that's mechanically balanced out, uh, but does change it from I think because was that in Pathfinder as well? Do you remember? Was what in Pathfinder? Sorry. Um, different species, different heritages having uh, deductions of uh, stats. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been D and D for years. Yeah, yeah. Well, right, not in fifth edition, so. Yeah. Um, uh, right, if I could just call up... Hang on a sec. I wouldn't say call up because that implies that we have... Let's flip through the book. I'll <laughs> <laughs> just flip through the book. Let's pick, let's pick a race. Yes. Let's just have a quick squeeze at how it breaks down there. Look. Yeah. Um, um, shall we pick one that we're familiar with and one we're not familiar with? This is being a bit weird at me. Yeah. It's because it's, it's a really big book and it's downloading, as I... Yeah. Um, um, how about Halflings? Zoom, zoom, zoom. Halflings, halflings, halflings. After G. G, G, G. Halfling. Okay, so yes. So let's look at the halfling as an yeah. example then. Okay, so yeah, yeah. We've got a page here just talking about halflings, yes. why you might play a halfling, what they look like, mm-hmm. um, things like that. Society, alignment, religion, names, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, then we go into the heritages. Yes. So the halfling has a, a, a gutsy halfling, yep. a hillock halfling, yeah. A nomadic halfling, mm-hmm. a twilight halfling, yep. and a wildwood halfling. Yep. 
So each of those, you know, they're, they're fairly yeah. similar to each other. They've just yeah. got a few different little bits and pieces when it comes to languages or like the Twilight Halfling can see mm. in Twilight um, uh-huh. and gets low light division and all this sort of stuff. So they yeah. get li- little, little parts, but they're not... They've they got tweaks. They're not massively, massively different. Yeah. But then you get the, the feats. So yes. the ancestry feats, mm-hmm. you, you get you get an ancestry feat at certain levels. So you, yes. get, you get them uh, at level one. Yeah. Uh, five... 9, 13, and 17, and you can choose Okay, yeah. So at first level, you could choose between distracting shadows, halfling lore, halfling luck, halfling weapon familiarity, mm. sure feet, titan slinger, <laughs> unfettered halfling, and watchful halfling. If you're playing a halfling, you're going to have a different, uh, yeah, different feet like, selection. Than e- that, even right? if you're playing the same uh, uh, heritage of half. So say you've you both picked the same ancestry, halfling. You can all well. To be fair, that means that you could have a party of five halflings mm. who'd all be distinct, and they could further make them distinct. Yeah, so, yeah. That's. I mean, as you go up levels, there's fewer options. So at fifth level, you've only got a choice of two. Yeah, yeah. Cultural adaptive cultural <laughs> adaptability mm-hmm. and halfling weapon trickster. Mm-hmm. Uh, ninth level again, you've got a choice of two, which is guiding luck and irrepressible. Yeah. And 13th level, ceaseless shadows or halfling weapon expertise. Yeah. So that's like, yeah, there's, but by that stage, you've gone beyond the first, you know, three, four levels mm. and got into like fairly high level play. Yeah. So, and of course, they're, they're just your uh, race, I mean, ancestry yes. feats. You're going to be at other levels, you're going to be picking class feats oh, or you're going to be picking, yeah. you know, all sorts of things. So, and you're back, doing things at every level. And backgrounds are going to be important yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. So, that's, that's basically how the race is. The, uh, the ancestries. Ancestries work, yeah. yeah. It's going to take some getting used to saying that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So so you'll be pleased to hear that of the of the book, Ancestries composed 5.5% of the potential play. Statistics. Yeah. You even I'm, have a pie chart there. I do have a pie chart, though, which I'll be putting up on the first of August. Is that a pie chart? That is a pie chart. There's a hole in the middle. Yeah, it's a ring chart. It's a ring chart. Yes. It's, it's, it's a same. donut chart. Yeah. <laughs> mm, donuts. It looks very nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah... Uh, Again, it just a thing that is often said is a book will tell you what it's about mm. by the amount of space it devotes to each different thing. Ah, oh, so uh, Pathfinder is about spells, then, is it? Pathfinder <laughs> is very much about spells and classes. Uh, that's the two largest sections by quite some way. Twenty-seven yeah. percent of the book is uh, about classes, which is about two point three percent per class. Twenty point one percent is spells. That does include some focus and class spells in there. And then the next largest section is crafting and treasure, which comes in at a whopping eleven percent. That's the magic magic item list though, isn't it? But there are nine and a half pages of magic items and these can all be crafted. Mm. And that is not something I can do in 5e. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, What about classes then? So Yes. Standard list, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I did notice one change. Paladin is now champion. Yes. Uh, I don't know about changes, but if you are used to playing 5e, instead of a paladin and warlock, you would have an alchemist uh, champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I find that uh, this is, this is I think, where this really has strength over mm. uh, D&D 5th edition. Yeah. Because I like 5th edition, but I do find the... Uh, advancing your character yes. lacks some depth that I would personally like to see. Yeah. And I think this is where Pathfinder is going to shine because... Ooh. Oh, sorry. 
Oh, God damn it. Well, okay, I'll just get to switch this off. Why? Enough for me all. Sorry. Because as you go up levels, you're making a lot of choices. You're making choices at every level, yeah. and they're interesting, meaningful choices. Yes. And they do mean they're two identical characters in terms yes. of um, ancestry and class yes. are still going to be extremely different to each other. Yes, that is true. But one of the big advantages of Fish Edition was you couldn't make a character that was just bad. Sure, sure, yeah. And that was that was something that I really hated about 3.0, mm. 3.5. You could make a rubbish character, yeah. Yeah, if you did not plan your character sure. out to 20, you were going to have a bad time. I had a bad time. So I don't know how that will play out in this. No, no. We, it's we, hard we, to tell. No, that, it's like, I think that's going to be a case of hitting the table and saying, but... I'm optimistic. Yeah. I'm optimistic. They've done a lot of things that give me confidence. You know, mm. this is clearly a game that has had a lot of thought put yeah. into it. They also a give lot you of quite a lot of advice, though. So they give you those sample builds. Like, yes. uh, for, like look at the rogue. They've yes. got some sample builds, including, mm. like, the rogue scoundrel. Yes. Or you look at the ranger, they've got some yeah. sample builds, including, like, uh, the, I think the animal ranger, and yeah. there's the ranger archer. Yes. So they show you how to build these different types of... Yeah, and how to do that well. So if you yeah. just want to, if you just want copy. to take the D and D five E approach yeah. and go, I just want to be a beastmaster ranger, which is what you'd say in D and D. Yes, and I know I won't build a bad character because it's kind of done for me. Yes, you can do that here too. You can yes. just go. I'm going to use that animal ranger build that it's shown me and go ahead with that. Uh, I'm just going to throw in there are four pages of rules for animal companions, mm. which is quite nice. And there's a whole page of rules for familiars, as opposed to the beefy you know paragraph. There isn't. There is no rules on clearing up animal companion poop. Well, I, I think that's just up to the GM, <laughs> and it's probably going to be rolling against your animal companions DC. As, 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 as a, as, as you a, see, I feel confident about the system, and as, I have to as, tell as, you, as a person who has, for most of my adult life, had animal companions of my own. <laughs> I assure you that ferrying poop around the neighbourhood is one of the primary responsibilities of, of, an <laughs> of, of a beastmaster. Oh, okay. Well, I, I just have cats, so they go and make the poop someone else's problem, yes. to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I am the carrier of dog poo throughout Harefield. That's good to know. <laughs> Sometimes two or three bags at a time. Shall we do a lightning blitz through the various different subclasses? Uh, so, just shout out some names. Uh, the Alchemist goes into Bomber. Chirurgeon and mutagenist, mm -hmm. which I'm guessing involves some sort of surgical stuff and someone that mutates you. Bear in mind, they're just like sample builds. Yeah, You're yeah, free yeah. to pick any selections of feats. Well, that seems to be like... Well, these aren't the sample builds per se. This is... Oh, yeah, this... But this is sort of like the path that you start off down yeah. is how I interpret it. Could be wrong. Uh, barbarians have five different instincts. Um, the animal fights an armed. The dragons have breath weapons. The Fury seems to be more your generic angry barbarian. The Giant is able to use bigger weapons without a penalty. And the Spirit Barbarian deals typed positive or negative damage, mm -hmm. which I thought was very interesting. The Bard breaks down three muses, an enigma, a maestro, a polymath. All, all good names. The Champions, these paladins that have changed, they've changed it because the paladin is now like almost a subclass with it. You've got Paladin, Redeemer, and Liberator, which combine to... They're all good. And they're all good, you know, is that, yeah. Lawful, Neutral, and Chaotic, mm -hmm. respectively. The Clerics, uh, the, it, the gods are super important. There's a big list of gods mm -hmm. as well. Um, and they that gets where you get your skills and proficiencies. Druids, trained in an armoured defence. Mm -hmm. um, 
Monks don't get subclasses per se. Uh, they've got different stances, though, if you want to build into it. Mm -hmm. uh, rangers have ranger things, as you say. Animal companions exist. There's a lot of flexibility. Uh, rogues, we've got ruffians who are strong, scoundrels, fast talkers, thieves who are burglars. The sorcerers have ten bloodlines. <laughs> um, the, the wizards... Uh, have the classic schools, necromancy, conjuration, etc. But you can also have a universalist wizard who gains extra feats. Mm -hmm. um, and also one of the other things I noticed is the saves. Because if you're familiar with 5th edition, you know that characters get like a good stat save, like will, con, or dex, and a bad stat save like uh, strength, intelligence, charisma, which are a lot less relevant. Mm. Here you still have fortitude, reflex, and will. Mm -hmm. These are the classic ones. But there's different levels of proficiency. So the monks are actually experts at all saves. Yeah. Whereas the wizards are only count as trained in two saves and experts at will saves. Hmm. I thought I thought that was interesting. Uh, interesting stuff. But yeah, ten, yeah. 10 bloodlines for sorcerers. But it does break it down further into the four schools of magic. Although I really do need to check up on what element, elemental stuff is about. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, point point nine on my, uh, my my list of talking points. Yes. Yeah. Jumping into skills. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so Pathfinder one and D and D three point X. They had yeah. skill ranks that went from zero and just went up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you'd have sort of like seventeen ranks in um, mm -hmm. bluffing or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I had a player Nick who uh, had I think it was like plus forty or something in uh, use magic device nah. in a in a three point five campaign. Nah. <laughs> he was a bard. And he, nah. by the time he got to about 18th level, basically, he just focused on doing that. He was like, you know what I want to do? I want to be able to pick up a magic thing and say, oh, yes, that's nice here. That's exactly. Fuck them. <laughs> so we've got a different approach here. And, of course, yeah. uh, in 5e, you have skill, uh, proficiencies and skills. Yes, yes, which is pretty basic and it depends on your level. It's kind of a bin more of a binary thing, isn't it? You either yes. got it or you haven't. You got it or you don't got it. There so Pathfinder no as a midpoint. Pathfinder 2 is a midpoint between those yes. two things. So it's gone with five skill levels. I, I think one of the recurring themes will be it's fifth ed plus. Mm. Fifth ed plus some extra subtlety. Mm. Um, some extra granularity, I think, is the... Yes, yeah. that's, that's, that's what we're after. There is more... Uh, it's definitely... If you're playing fifth ed, I think you should find this quite a familiar experience. Oh, but yeah. With more it's, it's, it's still the D20 system. I mean, you're still yeah. going yeah. to do it. Uh, uh, there's, there's a lot of similarities I am noticing. Yeah. Um, so, so we've got these five skill levels, and these are untrained, trained, yeah. expert, master, and legendary. Yes, which all give you different um, bonuses. And also access to certain skill uses. So yes. sometimes some skill uses, you have to have a certain level of training yes. to even try it. Yes. Other things you can do untrained. Yes, yeah, that's that, that's correct. Uh, because there, I, I thought there were only 17 skills. I'm like, well, are we still playing Pathfinder? Because mm -hmm. I'm used to the, what, the four, I'll five columns. Well. Skill is pared down to 17 skills. <laughs> but, 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 but is it really? Is it really? No, it is not. Don't worry, Pathfinder fans, you'll be pleased to hear there's actually over at least 20 different ways to apply these 17 skills. For instance, on page 237, there are three paragraphs on how to make tea. <laughs> Obviously, has a brewer time. I'm intensely pleased that's by this. That's a sidebar, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a sidebar. There's, there's three it's paragraphs. An example. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it it, it's a three-paragraph example on how to make tea. Yes. But to be fair, it, it's legit. It does make sense. But yeah, um, I, I thought I'd pull that out. So feats. Uh -huh. um, so this is basically the core of the game's depth. Yes. This is where all the depth comes from. It's the feats system. 
Yeah. And it's basically the core of the game overall, I think. Uh, uh, I, I, I disagree that it's where all of it comes from, but uh, definitely a lot. Well, everything that used to not be a feat is now a feat. So yeah. basically, all those racial abilities that you used to have, yeah. they're now ancestral ancestry feats. Oh, all those class abilities, yeah. they're now class feats. Okay. You get skill feats. Right. They're like, everything is now a feat. There's archetype feats. And that's what they've done. They've taken, they, they've made yes. one single mechanic. Basically, you'll get, when you're creating mm. your character, you're building it out of a massive smorgasbord of feats and picking yes. and choosing. And like the classes and the races just give you narrow down what you can choose from. Yeah, well, you, you, you mentioned archetypes. I think we should take a second to have a word about multiclassing. Okay, you can do that. You don't. Don't go for it. Go for it. No, you, well, that's the thing. No, you don't multiply. Oh, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah um, the leveling up system is it's 1,000 XP. It's a level up. If you earned over 1,000 XP, then, like, if you earned 2,000 XP, that's two levels. 1,999, that's one level. And your character resumes play with 999 XP. Mm-hmm. I think that's really elegant. Um, your level means your AC, attack roll, perception, saving throw, skill modifiers, spell attack rolls, and class CC all increase by at least one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's from the book. So that that's pretty good. And how do they balance, like having all these classes? What happens if you multi-class? And the answer is you don't multi-class. You adopt an archetype. Mm-hmm. And you have to spend, like, I'm a bit, I'm a bit vague because I'm not used to the generation, but you um, make a... Blah, blah, blah. You make your character uh, by choosing... Uh, you you don't you take a dedication feat rather than taking a level in something. I got slightly confused looking at this section. Too. Yes, but I think that's part, might be just because um, when I read archetype, I think subclass. Yes, and that's that, and that's not and, what this and is. And they've kind of changed. Yeah, yeah. So and that's what those heritages are now. Uh, no, not heritage. Subraces. No, the, no, the uh, class ones. Sorry, I, I don't think they've got a special name for like these different things that they've got going on. Like mm. they're not. I don't know, I guess subclass is what I'd call them. But archetypes now refers to something different. Uh, you take a dedication feat, and you can take further level appropriate feats from the list of feats in the archetype list. So basically what you do is you sort of, yeah. if you're a ranger and you want a yeah. bit of barbarian, you yes. take the barbarian dedication feat. Yes. I'm going to check in with you. Is this what you do? I, yes. I, I, don't, I did read it, but yeah. I'm stuck. And then that gives you access to further feats. Le- level appropriate feats from the list of feats in the archetype list for barbarian. Yes. So you can't pick any barbarian. So in place of your in case of your in place of your ranger feats, you yes. can now take those feats. That's correct. Yeah. But you can't take it from the barbarian list, you can only take it from the archetype yeah, list. Yeah, got it, got it. Yeah. Got it. Which, which actually it's, it's simpler than, than we just made it sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, and, and to be fair, I think that's can be that that's generally true of Pathfinder too. Mm. It's simpler than it sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like there's a lot of beautiful simplicity to it. If you're familiar with the passive abilities from 5th edition, mm-hmm. which is essentially passive perception yep. is the most famous one. It's 10 plus your ability score plus your proficiency. Mm-hmm. That is, they've taken that idea and they've really like ground it into the system. Oh, what they done? I don't... Oh, oh, yeah. It's like, it's, it's all over the place. Like that when it talks about your DC yep. that people are rolling against. That's what it's referring to. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, they, they made it. It's got the Pathfinder uh, bonuses and so forth. Those are still in place. Uh, you have proficiency, circumstance, item, or status bonuses. Mm-hmm. And you choose the biggest of these to add. Oh, do you? 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I missed that. Okay. Yeah, you did. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. That's that, that, that's something. I did, that, I did miss that. Okay. You, you don't have to add fifty-seven different types of bonuses. You choose from amongst because that, that's one thing that I always feel that fifth edition has over Pathfinder yes. is the advantage disadvantage system. So much better than messing around with a bunch of different fiddly plus one, minus one bonuses and penalties. Did you miss that they have this in Pathfinder as well? Do they now have this? They have fortune. You spend hero points to have fortune. Oh, yeah, which, no. Yeah, which lets yeah. you reroll or to have advantage yeah. or disadvantage. No, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you've still got like this granularity, mm. uh, but instead of choosing, instead of like, okay, well, I've got plus one because I've got nice shoes or plus one because like the light's in their eyes and I'm above them. And another plus two because I'm above them. You say, okay, well, I've got plus two because I'm above them. The plus one because the light's in your eyes doesn't apply. Mm. You just choose the biggest one. And then you also, with the penalties, you go for circumstance, item, or status right, okay. as well. And these these also affect it. Mm. So um, I think I might still be tempted just to port over advantage, disadvantage. It, 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 I do it, love that mechanic. It, it does have advantage and disadvantage. Not in the same way. Uh, got, it's, got, it's got the penalties and yeah, yeah. yeah bonuses, uh, uh, you could use exactly that. It's like, well, you've got a spot of misfortune applies to you, and you can spend one of your fortune. No, but I mean, instead of bonuses and penalties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you could, you could, you could very easily play this if you wanted to, uh, just using proficiencies and um, I don't know items, hmm. and ignore status and circumstances. I'd question why you would. Uh, except to save yourself things uh, a lot of the time they're saying just make a flat roll so mm. it's, it's interesting sorry what about equipment because oh. before we started you oh. commented on something you liked about that oh equipment so shiny hmm. so much of it but you, um. you liked the new encumbrance system didn't you <gasps> yes oh wow bulk bulk b-u-l-k bulk bulk it's a fun word to say and also I gotta say like one of the best ways to do it I've seen in quite some time well it takes into account weight and size which is yes. nice yeah yeah um so how to do it so characters can carry um five plus their like strength bonus it was something like that it, yeah it, something like that please, please give me if I'm not 100% on the board I think board it was out. and there was something else that gave you 10 plus the strength bonus but I can't remember what that was oh yeah there's, there's, there's almost definitely yeah. a feat but, we, are, um, we are still playing Pathfinder um, and also in the GM guide it does go into further detail hmm. so if you've got items which weigh between 1 and 5 pounds are like pretty light so you can carry 10 of those and that counts as one bulk mm-hmm like big bulky things have their own bulk you can carry as many negligible items which are less than one pound as long as you're not like you know taking the mickey in which case <laughs> the gm is allowed to say no mm-hmm. oh and also it allows you to track coins as well but it says just do it for multiples of a thousand coins so like a thousand coins is one bulk yeah. but don't bother tracking 900 coins sure. okay. yeah which which i really like it's 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 elegant mm. it's simple i I, I intend to inflict it on <laughs> my players. Other than that, the equipment <laughs> chapter is pretty much standard fare, isn't it? Uh, oh, it depends where you're coming from. Certainly, if you come from Vivi, you'll be like, okay, going, oh, this is really clever. i got to say, I thought it was really clever. Like, um, one of the things I really liked has like just a little throw in there was mm-hmm. the bulwark um, feature, which applies to full plate armour, yeah. which basically gives you, um, like, if you get hit by a dex-based saving throw effect it gives you plus three to okay. this uh just because you're wearing full plate armor mm. so you're not at a massive disadvantage also the check penalties if you have sufficient strength to wear it the check penalty is removed okay 
Um, and again, I really like that. So it's like you've got penalties for wearing armor that's too heavy, but if you're strong enough, you're okay. Fair enough. Yeah. It's I nice. noticed you can get class adventuring kits, one for each different class, which gives you. <sighs> yeah. I mean, uh, I can't remember what was in them, to be honest, now, but I did notice them at the time. Yeah, it, it's, it's, about, it's, it's about a page of them, isn't there? Yeah, it, it's got one page. It goes through each class and says, if you're not bothered with, like, buying your kit, just go with this, you're done. Yeah. Shields oh, taking damage. Sorry? Shields taking damage. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I, I do like that. One of the things I was intrigued by is fighters automatically have raise shield or something or mm. or or shield something well, I get get that let's get into that when we go into the combat section because that's one of yeah. the things I want to talk about that I really really like yeah but but all fighters have this mm. it's like actually a class feature so they feel clearly feel strongly mm. that if you're a fighting chap you should have a way to use a shield mm. better than other people yeah, yeah. Uh, spells Spells. It's a big, big section of the book. What yeah. percentage of the book did you say it was? Uh, I said 124 pages. It's 20.1%. That's a lot of spells. That's a lot of spells. I mean, every edition of D&D's had this, so it's, yeah. uh, it's always a big section of the book is the spells. Yes. Um, because that's just how D&D yeah. works and yeah. variations of D&D work. Um, it's still fancy and magic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for those who don't know, um, sort of D&D's mm-hmm. core Fire and Forget spell yeah. slot magic system is... Uh, been around since the 70s yep. and it's based on the books of uh jack vance where you basically mm-hmm. memorize a spell you cast right. it and it gets away from your mind tales from a dying earth yeah, yeah. Uh, but to be fair the spells that they were using thrown around in that were pretty solid it's like yeah well i'll just um yeah. send you straight into the sky and forget about you because <laughs> you're gone now <laughs> bye oh it's been years since i've read any yeah, of yeah. God, a long um, time like i was a kid when i read those yeah but uh, anyway um, can- yeah. trips are at will spells yeah. now, yeah, and that's something that I'm pretty sure was stolen from Fifth Ed, which stole it from no, Fourth Ed. I, I don't know. I think uh, Pathfinder One had that. I Did think it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Oh, Can't okay. Because I was playing a three point something, which I thought was basically the same. I used up my cantrips. Mm. I was like, mm. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. No, I don't know. But yeah, if you like at will spells, then cantrips are there. I did notice that you definitely have more of them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I noticed the spells are divided into four traditions. Yes. So these these traditions essentially uh, tell you which classes have access to them. Yeah. So there's four traditions. You, and you, you had arcane and divine, which yeah. is pretty standard, and you also have primal and occult as yes. well. Yes. So primal is for druids. Yes. And occult is for bards primarily. Yes. That's arcane what is saying. for wizards and sorcerers, and divine is for clerics. I guess. Yeah. And probably. Yeah. Some divine spellcasters. It some may, variations yeah. of the champion, the paladin, maybe or something. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> yeah. So each spell, when you look at it, yeah. and it, they got it in these little color coded blocks as well. So yeah. it's really cool. So nice. you can look yeah. at a spell and it go, okay, this spell is an arcane and primal spell. Yeah. So you know instantly which classes have access to it. Ah, uh, yes, yes, nice. Previously, what they would have mm-hmm. is they would literally list the classes, classes that had access. Right. So but I can color see coding the, is nicer. Well, I can see the reason they've done this because that yeah. means if they write a later book mm-hmm. and um, they just say, right, this is a primal class. Mm-hmm. They, a primal they, spell. they don't have to. A primal. Oh, a, a, a primal, primal class. class that chooses primal spells. Oh, they don't have yes. to go back and edit the core rule book oh, and course. add that class in. There we go. Yeah. Because it's. Yeah. No, that. Yes. So they, they, they've they said. We're they've going thought to, ahead with that. They've fought ahead. They've. Um, it's, it's sister. It's like. It's a complete game. 
I've definitely got that impression. Mm-hmm. But the they have the ability to add expansions yes. in. Yeah. They, there's a lot of thought gone into this, yeah. yeah. So spells take between one and three actions generally, unless yes. they're taking like minutes or hours. So mm. They take between one and three actions, depending on. I think it's basically based on which components they've got. Well, well spe- spells I think are generally activities, but yeah. yes, it does depend. So like, if you've got a verbal, somatic, and material components, you might be casting a spell. The spell might cast take three actions. Yeah. Whereas a magic missile, which mm. is basically point and fire, might be just one action. Okay. Yep. Um, so because because it has a three action economy. Your spells might take one, two, or three actions cast. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Which, which I which I really like. I mean, we've got onto the action economy in a bit, but I really, really, really do like it. Mm-hmm. Should we dig out a spell and have a just like quickly yeah, glance yeah, at a, a random spell? Yes. Yeah. So um, um, oh, I, I notice things like shield. Uh, that's now a cantrip. Which, uh, that's traditionally playing around with our class. Detect magic okay, is now so a cantrip. Spells. I'm just uh, flipping through the book here. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Ah, it's easy to find spells. Yeah, spells, yeah. spells. Okay. So, um, let's pick a spell. Uh, let's try something about um, quite quite low level. What, what about? about ooh. Magic. Should we look up magic missile? Yeah, magic I mean, missile. I mean, that's that's kind of. Everyone likes a magic everyone missile. Everyone knows what that is. So, yeah. just flicking through the pages here. Oh, magic missile. Massacre is going to be before massacre. Before mariners. Magic curse. weapon. Magic, magic, magic missile. Okay. So, so spell one in the top right corner. Yep, so that tells us what level it is. Uh, it says evocation and force. Okay. So that's the types of stuff. So yeah. traditions, arcane and occult. Nice. So that basically means it's uh, available a bard to and, and a wizard and a sorcerer, I think. Yeah, yeah. Then we got cast, and it tells you the number of actions. And there's a little symbol. Yes, there's a little symbol. So there's there's three different symbols they use. There's one that's for one action, yeah. one for two actions, one for three actions. And it's okay. just the number of little diamonds there are. Yeah, and that one looks like it can be one to three. Yeah, so it depends on how many missiles you want to fire. Okay. Uh, range and a target. Yeah. little description there. You send dart of force streaking towards... Everyone knows what a magic missile description reads like. But mm-hmm. um, uh, And then they've got a section below that saying heightened. Mm-hmm. Um, so you shoot one additional missile with each action you spend. Mm, nice. So you can heighten any spell by whacking it into a higher spell slot. Yeah, so instead of sending, what, three, you could send six magic missiles. Yeah. So if you have a look, so yeah. we've got this mage hand here. Yeah. It's got heightened at third edition. Yep. Yeah. Uh, third edition, third level. <laughs> so it's a cantrip one. Yes. So heightened, third level. If you whack it into a third level spell slot, mm-hmm. you can target an unattended object with a bulk of one or less. If you whack it into a fifth level spell slot, the range increases to 60 feet. I, I think with cantrips, they are based that that you can always cast them. You don't, they're at will, mm-hmm. and you cast them automatically at the level of the highest spell slot you have. Yeah, okay. I think I read that. All right, let's look at Magic Aura here, yeah. then, which isn't the cantrip. So it's a first okay. level spell. Yeah. So heightened third. So you can work yeah. in a third level spell slot and you can target a creature instead of an object. Nice. So yeah. they just have specific, specific So that's how they do the upcasting. They say yeah. it's heightened. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. But yeah. I, I really like the fact that your cantrips improve as you level. Hmm. So like things like Mage Hand increasing is yeah. yeah it's pretty nice yeah um, so that's basically the spells I mean it's a big 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 section of the book and it's basically got mm. all the spells you're familiar with yeah. probably a bunch of new spells mm-hmm. I mean a lot of them are you know D&Ds and going back well 10 levels goes. of spells so um, yeah they've well there is that yeah so you only get one tenth level spell ever don't you and I think there's uh, mm. a one way to get a second one oh, okay. but generally speaking a, car- a character is only ever going to have one tenth level spell 
Yes, uh, I did have a look specifically at Wish. Because okay. that's traditionally your game-breaking spell. Mm -hmm. And that was quite interesting because with Wish, which is a 10th level spell, you can duplicate any 9th level or below arcane spell mm -hmm. or any 7th level or below non-arcane spell. Or like do any effect which would be reasonable to match that. Yeah. Let's have a look at some more tenth level spells then. Just out of curiosity, I know. I saw Gate was in there. Let's have a look at what they are. Uh, spells. Do we have a I think they they sure we've got a list of like the spells Somewhere, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I if, don't know what um, cage you could be on now. Uh well if we if we Dragonfall more, more towards the front of it, I think. Yeah. So um, Paging through the D's, the C's. Because doesn't it have a list of hey, all the spells by, yeah. by school? Here we go. So primal 10th level spells has Cataclysm. Nice. Nature Incarnate. Yeah. Primal Herd. Transform willing creatures into mammoths. Excellent. Primal <laughs> Phenomenon. Yeah. Remake and Revival. Okay, nice. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, what else do we have? So the Occult 10th level spells. Yeah. We have Auto Reality. Oh, nice. Uh, fabricated Truth. Yeah. Gate, Remake, and Time Stop. Oh, get in. Yeah. A little nice. bit of Time Stop. Nothing like a bit of Time Stop. Divine Tenth Level Spells. We yeah. have Avatar. Transform into a battle form determined by your deity. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gate. Just, just as long as you've got the right. popping up a lot. And just, just as long as it's like, I don't know, not the goddess of mm -hmm. love or something, you're probably Re right. Remake. That's popped up three times now. Yeah. Miracle and Revival. Yeah. And then the arcane tenth level spells are going to be Cataclysm, yeah. Gate, Remake, Time Stop, and Wish. Oh, okay. So Wish, no... Yeah, because, I mean, that's... Uh, hmm, interesting. I wish, uh, basically, that you do everything else that everyone else could do. Mm. But, yeah. But it doesn't have the... Like, there was a requirement that every time you cast it, you had a chance of losing it. Mm. So, yeah. Huh. Yes. yes. Moving on. Let's have a look. Yes. So looking at the general sort of rules and sort of skills and checks and things like that. Yes. So what I like is rather than having lots of subsystems, yep. they reduce the complexity and there's basically one system. Yes. And they retain the depth of defeat systems I mentioned earlier. Yes. Um, so I've noticed that all checks, whether it's an attack or a skill check or whatever, yep. they have four degrees of success. Yes. Yes. Uh, you've got the critical success, success, failure, and critical failure because I remember seeing a 20 is always a critical, uh, one is always a... F uh, but also... Wait, is that right? It's crit so, is 20 critical. So, so critical is if you beat your target by 10. Yes. Uh, and hit. Yes. And a failure is if you miss your target by 10. Yes. So... And that's a critical failure, yeah. missing target by 10. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so for every uh, action you might take, it mm. will list four different results. Yes depending on whether you've got which of those four degrees of success yeah. you've got. Did you crit succeed? Did you succeed? Did you fail? Or did you crit fail? Yes, yeah. yeah. And that happens with a skill check, happens with an attack roll, yep. happens with basically anything you're going to roll. Saving throws as well. Yeah, anything you're going to roll a d24 yep. is pretty much going to happen with. Yes. There may be exceptions, but mm. offhand, I don't know what those are. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I like that. So there's a, there's a level of granularity straight in there at mm. the core. Yes. Just like baked straight in there at the core. And it's a very, very, very simple you know there's no consulting mm. of tables or charts or anything like this it's literally just did you beat it by 10 yeah okay yeah and that that's critical yeah uh yeah um that that that's definitely interesting um certainly adds to the joys of um 
and because also saving throws get played around with a bit, mm-hmm. like you know, if you know the if you know fifth edition, you're familiar with the casting mechanics, save the de- generation. But now, yeah, it's generally if you crit fail a saving throw, it's double damage, and if you crit succeed a saving throw, it's no damage. Mm-hmm. So it's normally you get damage or save for half. Yeah, well, I love the plus ten minus ten thing. So rather than mm. just being keys to a twenty or a one, yes, it's the plus ten or minus ten basically means if you're like a really 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 powerful character versus a weak one, yeah. you've got much more chance of quitting them yes. and much less chance of fumbling against them. Yes, uh, and vice versa. So the, the the first level goblin has much less chance of quitting Achilles. No. <laughs> But wouldn't they always crit on a 20 or did I just read? They still probably, have, do they still have to hit? I'm not sure. You'd have to check. Yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe if it... Oh, don't I, oh. Yeah, I, I think I do remember seeing that. In there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it sort of keeps that bound accuracy feel. Yeah. You see it on the podcast. You can see all the pages turning. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> it, it, it's a great podcast. Huh? Let me rustle this paper a bit louder. <laughs> rustle, rustle, rustle. Yeah. Um, mm. Because, like I say, there's just so much... To, I actually had to make notes to try and keep up with what's going on. Um... Oh, what about ritual casting? I didn't read that section in detail. I glanced at it. So did you, if you were that better than um, me? I, I, I did read it in a bit more depth. Um, you can be a primary cast for a ritual. You can be what, sorry? You can be the primary caster for the a primary ritual. Primary caster for a ritual, yeah. Even if you can't cast spells. Okay. You have to know the ritual. Yep. But you don't have to know any spell slots. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Does that make the spell take longer? No, no, it, it's just like rituals are at least an hour long and often quite dangerous. Are they a separate category of spells then? They are definitely yeah, a separate sorry, category I, of spells. I literally didn't read that section. No, I, I just thought it was really interesting. And it does give non-spellcasters a chance to get involved okay. in that sort of plot-related shenanigans. Well, there's definitely a whole genre of um, spell. So I, I kind of think back to things like, um, you know, like something like Buffy or something. Yes. Like Giles would... Like, find a spell in a book and yeah. he'd, he'd cast it just by following the instructions like a recipe. Yeah. And I suppose that's a ritual. As that, opposed that, to that's literally ritual magic as opposed yeah. to what happens with D&D. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I found the rest of my notes. You've got to know the ritual. The ritual spell level can be no higher than half your level rounded up. Okay. So if you've got a suitably high level NPC, like academic or whatever, who can't cast spells... That explains why you then have to do that escort mission to get them to the place and why they then are but you're a 20th level wizard, why aren't you just casting fireball at everything or just gating us there? Mm. Because they don't know how. Mm. They've they've studied the ritual, but they can't cast spells. Mm. And that's nice. I like that. Or like you know, or your or your fighter has learned something, they can lead a ritual. But they might I mean they don't know a lot about it, but they know how the ritual magic works. Um, the other thing is you must have the required proficiency rank in the skill use of the ritual's primary check. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that was, that was very interesting. I did like that. Yes. Can we talk about three action economy now? Yes. Let's talk about three action. Let's talk about combat. Okay. Right. So roll for initiative. Mm. What do you roll? Uh, offhand, I would say it's going to be a D20 plus your dex mod plus maybe a skill proficiency bonus. I'm not sure. You'd be wrong. Okay. Tell me what you will. Perception. Oh, guess I did know Wisdom that. Perce- I, played bloody, I played the playtest. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, the, the, no the, clever, the clever thing about it is... And yeah. I, if it, it, I don't no, know if it's or, changed. Or, or per- perception 
or yes. have relevant skills. Right. So that is something I really, oh, really like. Yeah. yeah. I totally forgot. Yeah, no, that's okay. So, uh, <laughs> so if your rogue is sneaking along, he can roll stealth for initiative. Precisely. Yeah, yeah. love that. Yeah, Absolutely that. love that. You, Brilliant. You, you roll whatever skill check seems yes. relevant. Yeah. If you're not sure, yeah. you go with perception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that very that, much. That, that's good. Brilliant. That's good. Again, like that. that's something I would like adopt into any game I play. Yeah, yeah I've got to say. I'm going to do it in any type of RPG I'm playing now. It has an initiative system. I'm going to be doing that. Yeah, that, that seems fair. I, 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 I like it. It just makes it's, sense. It's, it's, it's like one of those things like, why didn't everyone always do that? Yeah, no, <laughs> indeed. It's like, yeah. It just takes someone to have the idea, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. what I also love is that three-action economy, though. Because yeah. I found, it's, mm. it's, just reading it, yeah. I, I think possibly you won't quite get a sense of it. But mm. um, when we were doing the playtest, yes. we all agreed. I mean, we there were... You know, flaws with the playtest material. Yeah, which yeah. it's a playtest. Has yeah. changed since then. But one thing that really stood out was this: was the way combat mm-hmm. worked yes. with this three-action thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you in most games, you'll probably take a move and an action. It's probably the sort of yeah, thing you've got available to you. Yeah. I mean, what sort of new you've got two actions? Yeah. Uh, various different things. So, in Pathfinder th- uh, Second Edition, you've got three actions. Yes. So some things like spells might cost you one, two, or three actions. Yeah. But otherwise, you can move and attack and attack, or you can move and attack and move, or you can spend those three actions how you like. Yes. Yeah. But it does force you to sometimes make choices to do things that that used to be a passive bonus in your character sheet. Ah, okay. And I'm thinking about shields in particular here. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, um, when we did the playtest, people were all saying it really felt... Like, having to use an action to raise your shield yes. made them feel like they had a shield. Uh, and now I'm... I now ha- you said that before. I was listening before. But now I have a much better understanding of what the hell you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> I mean, when you say that, people just think, that just sounds more complex. And I get why it does sound like that. Until yes. you do it, and then you realise it feels right. It's more it immersive, like I could say, yeah. It feels like your shield is a thing you're doing. It's important. And, and, you- and there are more shields... And your shield matters. Yeah, and I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And you can do more things with your shield as you well. Could choose, you could choose not to raise your shield. You could choose to keep it down and have another attack. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, or, or do whatever else you're doing. But raising your shield gives you a shield bonus until like the start of your next yeah. turn, which is nice. You can take cover behind a town shield. Yeah. I raise my shield and take cover behind yeah. it. And that's not to say... It's not yeah. just... It has a mechanical effect. Yeah. I think that's where the real... like the. Shield yeah. usage is an action, and yeah. it feels right that it should do. And, and you actually get like a quantifiable mechanical effect as opposed to going, oh, that's nice, but what else are you, what are you actually doing? Yeah. Um, oh, and also the difference between a step and a stride. Right, okay, I didn't check that, so tell me what that is. Well, if you take the stride action, mm-hmm. you gain um, movement equal to your speed value. So, okay, it's just a move, yeah. Yeah. And a step is a five-foot step, is A it? step is yeah. a five-foot okay. step, but yeah. of course you could take multiple strides. Yep. Uh, um, and like breaking it away from the movement means you can avoid things like the dance of the sugar plum goblins mm-hmm. where like terrible GMing occurs and goblins come up to you attack you and then walks away and so forth there was a yeah. loophole in I think it was three I gotta, I gotta remember this so yeah. basically if you had like a chain of kobolds stretching all the way across America yes uh, there yeah. was an ability that allowed you to take a five foot step with every if you if you killed something. 
So in theory, you could stand in New York, oh, yeah. and if you, as long as these creatures are weak enough, and you're killing them with one blow each, <laughs> you cross you cross America in six seconds. Nice, nice, nice. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I I had heard about the the uh, what's it the Mount Highway, mm. which is where there's a saddle, and because mounting and dismounting was a free action, yeah. you could mount dismount move five foot forwards mount dismount <laughs> and basically like a what's it uh, uh not hopscotch uh leapfrog your way yeah <laughs> leapfrog your way to where you needed to i think be. i think games very quickly learn to limit the number of reactions you can <laughs> in a in a given round yes <laughs> because gamers yes we're talking to you yes you know what you did <laughs> yeah. well there's other stuff with the combat there's conditions uh, m- multiple strikes per turn they have allowed for multiple attacks, yep. but obviously get a penalty with it. Is it minus five, then minus ten? Is it? Yeah, yeah, it's not minus five, minus ten. Yeah. 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 It's, it's nice. Yeah. So conditions, pretty standard looking list. Yeah. Same as, similar to what was in um, 3E, similar to what was in Pathfinder 1E, yeah. similar to what's in 5E. D&D 5E. But, Few differences, but... Uh, yeah, but largely what you'd expect. But but they are all well codified and laid out. Mm-hmm. Um uh, damage types again, yeah. standard sort of stuff you'd expect to see. The, the, the problem is the explanations. Do I think they're going to put a lot of people off? And, oh, oh yeah. Uh, I quote: Eric rolls a second attack with a ghast, this time with its claw. Normally, this attack would take a minus five multiple attack penalty, but since the claw has the agile trait, the penalty is only minus four. He rolls a nineteen on the die, adds eleven to the ghoul's attack modifier, and subtracts four for a total of twenty-six. Right, you're hitting on a, a one problem I did have with the playtest actually. Oh yeah bloody keywords everywhere oh yeah, yeah and there's a lot of them there and i spent a hell of a lot of time asking my players what does agile mean what does finesse mean what does this mean what does that mean yeah and there's so many of them i think that's the level that's the one bit where you do need to get some system mastery in yeah or you're gonna need some kind of hand i suppose you could probably do a handout with a list of them or something but well i, I think you should take a, a cue from some guy called russ morrissey for his um judge dread uh, GM screen. He actually had a list of uh, offences that and uh, sentences that could be applied to character to on, to on the player facing side. So yeah, you can yeah. put that on the player facing side I, of a GM. I screen. would totally put that on the player facing yeah. side of the GM screen. Yeah. So there's definitely one one criticism yeah. I would have is a lot of these keywords. So many keywords. I mean, you know, they do it so they don't have to write the same thing out over and over again. Yeah, no, which is an older way of. You know, no, no, absolutely. And I get why, but there's a lot of them, and yeah. a lot of them look like they sound like they would be the same thing because they're kind of like similar words. Yeah, I think they like deadly and dangerous. And <laughs> in fairness, they use capitalization quite a bit mm-hmm. to indicate when they're talking about a rule, and they use italics to talk about when they're talking about a spell mm-hmm. magic item, which which is fair. But you are going to have to learn that skill to be able to decode what you're reading yeah I mean Pathfinder has a lot of especially because I've published for Pathfinder 1 mm. a lot Pathfinder has a lot of things that you italicise this yep. you have a capital letter on this but not on this unless it's this yep. and all this sort of stuff and there's a lot of that in there which i got to admit I find personally a little bit onerous. Mm. no I can see that um, oh with the damage types because yeah. I, I love a good bit of damage type me um, you have chaotic and lawful and good and evil types of damage mm-hmm. Which only damage creatures of the opposite alignment. Yep. Yeah. So you can smack the party with 28 good damage, and when the uh, 
alchemist falls over you're like oh, <laughs> he was secretly it. evil all along <laughs> so it's your detect magic spell basically yeah. you just attack people with yeah. uh, detect evil spells yeah, exactly. attack people with good damage and see what happens like, smite, smite evil for 50 good <laughs> you okay. just walk into a room and just call, call down a, a firestorm of good damage <laughs> and just see who dies yeah, exactly. Uh, 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 here. Oh, actually, let's have a look in the spells. Can we have a look in the spells list for detect good? If you wish. Yeah. Okay. Well, detect detect evil was the go-to cantrip of people playing lawful stupid paladins. Yeah. So let me have a look. Detect evil then. Yeah. C C C C dark vision. Detect magic. Detect magic. Detect poise. Detect alignment. Detect alignment. So spell one. First level spell. Yeah. Uncommon. I don't know what that means. Detection. Divination. Yeah. A traditions divine or occult. Okay. Uh, okay. So a uh, a wizard and a sorcerer can't use them. Yeah. Um, cast is two actions: somatic yep. and verbal. Area thirty foot emanation. Your eyes glow as you sense aligned auras. Choose chaotic, evil, good, or or, or awful. No, lawful. (laughs) (laughs) Awful. Awful. You detect auras of that alignment. Uh, You receive no information beyond presence or absence. Um, You can choose not to detect creatures or effects you're aware have that alignment. And then if you heightened it to second level, you then get to learn their location and strength of each one. Okay. Ah, you receive no information beyond presence or absence. Yeah. So I guess if there's just two people in the room, you can say, well, there's someone chaotic yeah. or there's so someone If evil. you whack it up the second level, then you do know. Right, right. Okay, so that, that does make it a bit more pricey to cast. Mm. But yeah, it's not an at-will ability anymore. Uh, no, it's spell one. Yes. So it has a resource cost. Yeah. So you may play Lawful Stupid if you wish. <laughs> or Awful Stupid, yeah. Or you can play Awful Stupid if you wish. <laughs> Awfully Stupid, yes. yes. What do you think of the death system? Did you, did you check that out? <gasps> yeah. Death system? Oh, what, what kind of GMing noob do you take me for, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Morris? What kind of GMing noob? Yeah. So you can't go below zero HP anymore in Pathfinder. Yes. Um, you, used uh, to, you used to be able to go below zero. You, you, did you have the old, if you take double your hit points in damage, you were uh, insta-jibbed? Uh, probably. Okay, yeah, well, that's, uh, in that case, that remains firmly in place. Okay, uh, so you gain um, uh, the dying condition. Yes. Which has four levels. Yes. Uh, four is dead. Yes. Uh, one is just, like, a bit unconscious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're a bit dying, but it's, it's okay. It's not that bad, yeah. And then each round you roll, and it's a, I noticed it was a flat roll, not affected by any um, oh. ability modifiers. So okay. you roll plus your dying condition value. So the closer oh, okay. you are to death, yeah. the harder it is to recover. Okay. Uh, to see whether you get better or worse. Right. And if you hit four, you die. Yes. I guess if you go above one to zero, you, you recover or not? I don't remember. Don't oh, recall. that's well. Mm. Wait, I'll, I'll come on to that in a second, yeah? Okay. Um, yeah, well, that's basically how that works. Yeah. So, uh, so interesting things. If you go to zero hit points, your initiative changes to just before the creature that hurt you. Oh, yeah. So that was a thing. So you didn't have that happen, then suffer from the penalty immediately just because your um, mm. your round was straight after them. Exactly. So that's a really clever little way of just making sure that doesn't happen. And they also, if you're if they acted just before you and you go down, then someone heals you. Someone's got a acts, chance to heal you. And it acts again to knock you down. Mm. Or someone's got a chance to heal you, you've got a chance to run away. Yeah. As opposed to the situation you could be in where you're sort of like yo-yoing up and down yeah. and getting murdered mm. all the time. Yeah. And this is relevant because of the wounded condition. 
Did you see the wounded condition? Uh, no. Oh, well, let me tell you about it. So Tell if, me about the wounded condition. If you're tell dying... Me, tell me. If you're dying tell me more about get, the wounded condition. If you're dying and get restored, you get wounded one. <laughs> and then if you then start dying again, you get your dying plus... You start with your dying plus your wounded level. Oh, I level. see. So you can't keep yo-yoing indefinitely. No. Ah. If you have wounded three or wounded four, then you're like... Actually, guys, yeah. I've changed my mind. This yeah. fight, not such a good place for me anymore. So I suppose the effect of moving your initiative to just before the creature that um, wounded you means your allies always have a full round to save you. Whatever happens, True. there's always going to be a full round. Yes. And then maybe you'll go down, but it's yeah. not going to happen immediately. It, the dying These dying rules are actually relatively harsh, considering mm. how at low levels you're always a bit of a yo-yo. Mm. Uh, you can remove this wounded condition by having someone treat wounds on you or being restored to full HP and resting for 10 minutes. Yeah. Also, hero points. Yes. Which I shall refer to as herps from now on. Uh, they, okay. give you, they give you herps. Yeah, herps. They, they give you heroic recovery, allowing you to herp back into action with no wounds and one HP. <laughs> so, um, and the more heroic you are, the more frequently you get hero, yeah. uh, like hero points. And hero points are basically, they reset every session. You have a maximum of three. I was interested in session-based rather than day-based. Which is entirely reasonable. The more heroic you're being, the faster you get hero points. Mm -hmm. And the more you can, like, play it fast and loose. In the playtest book, and I don't know if... I don't recall whether it was in this book, it explicitly called out that people who brought food to the gaming table started to play with one extra hero point. Oh, I haven't seen that. I don't know if it's currently in... I, I think you'll find that this is a GM discretion rule, but at my table this is always true. Well, yeah, well, basically, if, you, if, you, if, you, uh, if, you're, if you're playing at somebody's house, they've always got food available, so mm-hmm. <laughs> they just, like, bring in a biscuit, right? Okay. Got got for me. Yeah, yeah, but rule seven always applies, so yeah, don't hate the mech I, yeah. I can't remember whether it was in, uh, whether it made it through to the final. Um, I, I haven't seen that, but... Do you um, have a quick look? It might well be in the games mastering advice section. Let me, let me have a very, very quick look. Yeah, yeah. Where did I put it? Keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. So the... Oh, we didn't... We missed out the Age of Lost Omens chapter. So there's a whole chapter there on Glarian there. Yes, we should uh, Which is stuck right in the book there. Yes. So if, you, if you're into the setting itself... Yes. Uh, that's very much baked in there. And they've got a whole chapter telling you about Galarian. Yes, the, the setting is a good 4.2% of the book. <laughs> How many pages is it? Uh, it is uh, 26 pages. Uh, what, I've forgotten what I was looking for. What was I looking for? You're looking for hero, hero points. points. Uh, yes. Uh, pretty sure that's in Games Mastering Advice. Is it? Yes. Okay. Flipping I think. Through Games Mastering Advice. It seems that we're playing the game. Hero points found him. Okay. Yes. Hero points. Hero points are granted and used per session. You give out one hero point to each character. Yep. You also give out more hero points during the game after heroic yep. accomplishments. Uh, and again, we've got that cross-reference thing. Has noted on page 467. A player can spend one hero point for a reroll, or they can spend all their hero points to recover when they're dead. Does not mention bringing food. They've taken it out. That's probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a bit silly, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah, okay. But uh, I think I think it's like a, a nice idea. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so what else do we have? Let's, uh, let's move on. So... Uh, Combat death. Uh, the GMing section we've gone through already. Yes. We've talked about lots of advice in there, lots of stuff about tones and environments, how to set up campaigns, all this sort of stuff. Well, I, I've got to say, I sort of love the, the advice on environments. Mm-hmm. This is something that... Well, they've got a lot on environments, hazards, traps, and um, 
natural disasters even as well they've got yeah. in there. Yeah, these are brilliant. I love them. Yeah, I saw a section on earthquake and uh, avalanche and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm like, oh, wow, okay, yeah. Uh, scribbles notes furiously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. useful things. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, natural disasters uh, does make sense to... Uh, and listener Lee Donovan... Well, yeah, unlucky, mate. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, then we've got the treasure section. Yes. Which is a big section. Oh, yeah. I, I looked at it and was like, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's 11% of the book. Yeah. 68 well, got pages. Lots and lots and lots of magic items. So much. Many of which people will be familiar with from various situations of D&D. I, I saw some Plus lots. some new stuff. Yeah, yeah. Why not? No, and, and, and you can craft them. And it's a crafting system, yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 3.x has always had a crafting system yep. kind of baked into it. And um, 5e doesn't, does it? No, no, no. no. no that's, something, that's something that 5e dropped from the, from the core rules. Yeah. So Pathfinder's always maintained one as well. I'm not thinking, well, we've allowed for it. Maybe we should include some of the stuff from Xanathar's Guide to Everything mm. in the page count. Because in that case, it's actually exceeding the page count because that's where the rules for things like resting when exhaust uh resting while wearing armor doesn't remove exhaustion mm. where um, your the guide for crafting magic items is i mean there's no there's no rules and if you want to buy a magic item in 5e you're on your own mate look on the internet mm. but here it's got how not only how do you buy them how do you craft them yeah so you, you can build things out of different materials i noticed yeah you got to put runes on them to oh yeah give them effects i'm looking at runes thinking oh yes i do like a bit of granularity in my kit mm. and it's just like it it looks at and there's actually some thought to weapon choice yeah i think i don't know but i'm looking at falchion and thinking hmm yes mm. e- extra damage dice for if you attack twice in the same turn yeah so yes i mean the whole treasure section is massive Yes, um, and the, the treasure and the equipment, they, they're going to go together very well. I don't know, it, it looks good. Um, yeah, we, we've been frothing about this. I, I don't know, I'm, there's, there's a lot of simplifica- simplifications, a reduction in complexity, and a lot of depth to this game. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it thinking that's... Would you say you're a convert? I, I, I don't know, I don't know. It's a big, it's a big boy of a book, right? I but mean, as we established, it's exactly the same size as 5e. It, to the page. Yeah. So it's not really. It's, but, like, you know... If they'd split it into two books, would you still be thinking that? Uh, it just seems denser. They, 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 just but but to be fair, they've got a lot more. They've got a lot more done. And it is really good. There is one other thing we should talk about. Yeah? Character sheet. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. Here we are. <laughs> oh. That, unfortunately... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I wasn't sure if I'd like this. Yeah. Uh, played the play test and there were a lot of problems with it. And I could see a game in there that I liked. Yes. But that wasn't quite it. It's your user interface, yeah. Um, I think now, uh, with Pathfinder 2, I think I very, very much like the game. Yes. However, the character sheet... I do not like. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, see. I've made a comment. Come <laughs> I, I, I am. I, I'm sorry. I mean, I. Oh, I, I'm, there will be fan character sheets out within days. I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah. And I will most certainly use one of those. But just looking at the um, just, just, just have a look at this character. Yeah, sheet. go. Uh, I'm just flicking through uh, pages. See where is this in the back of the book? No. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's before the. Oh, and can I just say the index? There we go. This is the character. That is sheet. a nice index. That character sheet with the brown and the... It yeah. looks like a tax form, doesn't it? 
<laughs> really does look like oh, uh, oh my god there's HMRC being right into me again oh look it says 4567 at the bottom yeah. you know, running a business HMRC sends you so many letters every day it's like bloody hell entire rainforest dropped through my door every day. what's going on here uh, anyway that's right. right so yeah okay so there are some good bits Top left corner, it's got proficiencies and a decoding. Yeah, it's of got actions. a little thing of the symbols, which is nice. I do like that, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And what the different uh, proficiency levels mean. Yeah. Uh, and it's spaced out the modifiers and the scores separately. There's a lot of these really tiny little boxes here. So, for example, you look at yeah. a, a skill, yeah. look at acrobatics, the first one. Yeah. Big box, that's basically your total. Yeah. And then equals, and then this is where you write in the things that make up that total. Yeah. Dexterity, proficiency, proficiency T-E-M-L. What would they oh, be? I don't know, because you've got item and armor there. T-E-M-L. I feel like we should know because that appears in perception up there. We, we it have appears to, in saving throws there. We have it appears ooh. in melee strikes. It appears everywhere. Uh, it, it's not circumstance item. No, no, because they wouldn't be. They won't check. Oh. What the hell is T E M L? You see that? That's not a good thing. <laughs> We've no idea what this thing is, and this is basically your introduction to. Yeah, yeah it's, it's all, it's all it? over the place as well. Yeah. Uh, once we find out, it will be really obvious. It, it's, it's got just, weapon proficiencies T E M L as well. Yeah. This is like mysterious. I feel like we probably do know and we've just forgotten. Or, or oh, yeah, cracky. It'll be really obvious, but currently it's like. Well, a... Let's just see if I can Google Pathfinder <laughs> TEML. Yeah. It's going to be something really obvious. Yeah. Pathfinder TEML. Maybe it's term for Someone talking about TEML there. TEML. Ah, mate, it's some. At the Pathfinder playtest, talking about the mysterious character sheet. Trained expert master, master legendary. It's the skill uh, ranks, of course. Uh, of course it is. Uh, See, we did know it. Yeah, there we go. We yeah. did know it, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is. But, In fact, that's really obvious now. <laughs> uh, I feel a bit stupid. But <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, oh, no, bring up the character. Uh, uh, well, go back to the character sheet. Go back to the character sheet, yeah. yeah. There we go, yeah. Right, so surely it's got proficiency already. But it's got Strength, a box of proficiency. I reckon you put the value in there and you just tick which one of those it is. Uh, so you'd write four and tick expert. You know what? You're absolutely right because I even know why. So you've got your trained expert uh, master legendary mm-hmm. and that's basically like, you know, your, your level of mm-hmm. it. But your proficiency is equal to those plus your level. Mm. Gotcha. And so your proficiency will change. Yes. Right. Got my gotcha. 5e head on. Doing yeah. it wrong. Gotcha. Uh, oh it makes sense. It makes go. sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I'm glad we're having this conversation now instead of me <laughs> trying to explain it to a player. It's like, what does this so, box be? So, so the, back of, the, back, the back of the sheet yes. uh, is basically a big old page of feats. So many feats. feats. But what's interesting is they tell you where each one goes. That is nice. So ancestry feet first. Heritage first, feet first, fifth, ninth, thirteenth, seventeenth. Yeah. Skill feats, general feats, third, seventh, eleventh. So it tells you when to fill in each of those boxes as well. Which is good. So you'll be slowly filling out all of these boxes as you go through the game. And there's a box specifically. Mm. For, so I assume, I'm going to check. I assume yeah. you get something at every level. So first, there's one, two, three, yeah. four, five, six. You're choosing six feats. Yeah. And second, second, you're choosing... You don't get an ancestry, but one, you do get a class. Two feats. Yeah. Third, no ancestry. But you no do skill. Get, but you do get a, you get a general feat. 
yes. at Class Street. So two at third. Yeah. So yeah, it looks like pretty much every level you're going to be picking something. No dead levels, which is strong. Yeah. Oh, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And you've got some bonus feats in there as well. Yep. Just in case you pick up some of those yeah. somehow. And then you've got an inventory down here. I think and with, a oh, of course, with the archetypes, mm-hmm. you're like, you're doing a dedication feat to swap something out with something else. I can't remember, but yeah, okay, so it does work. Yeah. You've got a spell uh, spell sheet as well. Look, yeah, you list your cantrips, you list your spells, spell attack rolls, spell DC. Oh, and you can like, check out your magic traditions. And you've got arcane primal, and you can colour in like little uh, quadrants on that box there. Yeah. So, all right. So, I'm going to take that back about about the character sheet. Well, you can you can take back. It's, it still looks like a tax form. It's ugly as hell. Yes, but it is very functional. It is very functional. Yeah, there's a lot of function that he's doing. Yeah, yeah. And and you can't use it without at least two two A four pages. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what I'm what possibly free. Uh, this one is what's this? So this this page is sketch. Yeah. Beliefs, likes, dislikes, personality. This is your downtime page, I reckon. Uh, campaign notes, actions and activities. I don't know what all this is. Yeah, this is this is downtime. Oh, I see. These are probably activities that you will tend to do, and it, you write how many actions it is. Look. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, earning, because you've got like actions that you do only in downtime, mm-hmm. and these are codified, so very explicitly. So you'd be able to write it down there. So essentially, I guess what you've got is you've got sort of. Um, Exploration encounter on the first one, and then you've got all your feet. And then no, you've got this, this is free actions and reactions, and actions and activities as well. I don't think yeah. that is right. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think this is just common things that if you use them so much, you might as well write it down. Yeah, and remember it's two actions, it's on pa- this page, and it's got a page number there. And you've got, and a the, description. You've got the melee. Yeah, yeah. no, sorry, I'm sure this is absolutely fascinating podcasting material, but yeah. What- <laughs> But basically what we're saying is there's a lot of information in this book mm. and a lot quite good. Uh, so what, what don't you like? So you don't like the character sheet. Is there anything else you don't like? Um, I like the character sheet more now I've looked at it closer. Yes. But yeah. Um, so still, still, I, still an ugly brown. I've got so to be honest. Yeah. Things, things I don't like. I think it's a little too keyword heavy yep. t- to make it easier to jump into. Yep. But I think that is a barrier you get over pretty quick. Yeah. Other than that, uh, yeah, I, I like it. I do like it. I, I like the depth of it. I like yeah. the... Depth I mean, being the number of options yeah. you have. Yeah, it, yeah. it definitely feels to me like the more, the deeper version of D&D. Yeah. Is, is how it feels to me. So, yeah. like fifth edition, I'm not saying it's a rules-like game, because it's not. It's, it's super not, no. No. Um, but it's certainly lighter than this. But mm. this, this isn't a complex game in the sense that it's... Do you know, like, Pathfinder mm. Run has this a bit of a reputation for being this sort of wall of... Unwieldy off of rules. Yeah. An unwieldy shock off of rules. And I think coming I, at you with various tentacles, which is things that on. That is yeah. not what it is. It's no. not. No, this is... The complexity is about the same as D&D. It's just that there's more depth to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, the keywords, like, the... Well, it's it's nice. It's going to get complicated... But yeah, there's a lot like like the GMing advice tells you roughly how long you can expect yeah. a campaign to take. So if, we haven't looked at the monster, uh, the vestiary at all. No, we can no, maybe no. do that separately at some other time. That, yeah, but, I mean the, the the book itself was like looking at the PHB and the DMG combined. Mm. So it's not a small amount of stuff. Mm. I found the skills are uh, actually one of the 
more sort of intimidating parts of the game. It's, it's definitely a new way of doing it, isn't it? I mean, it's in, it's in between Pathfinder 1 and 5e. It's like a midpoint between the two. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, my, from my my take on it, because you've got like the different things. Can you do it trained? Can you do it untrained? I'm very much more used to winging it, which again is why I say mm. it's aimed at new GMs coming to the game for the first time. Uh, and you know what? I'm actually okay with that. Cool. Um, I, I'm very pleasantly surprised. I was expecting it to be a lot more like obscure mm. um, and full of different things. But no, it's it's actually relatively. It's an, no, it's not relatively. It's an it is an elegant piece of game design. Um, so well it's, it comes out as the listeners are listening to this. Assuming yeah. they're listening to it on the day we release this podcast, it yes. comes out today. Yes. Um, obviously, we're recording it on Monday, so it comes out in four yeah. days' time for us. Yeah. That's not all that's coming out. So this is all getting launched no. at Gen Con. That's true. Yeah. Uh, on Thursday morning. Yeah. So we've got this core rule book, which we've just been flicking through. Yeah. Um, there's also the best tree, which we've also got here, but oh. we haven't dived into yet because that's another big book. It's it's a big boy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Age of Ashes Adventure Path. Oh. Um, so the first one of those is called uh, Hell Knight Hill, and that's out. Yeah, and there's what six volumes. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, but only the first one's out today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we've got a standalone adventure called The Fall of Plague Stone. Yeah. Uh, a and a flip mat that goes with it. Oh, you love so this flip so, so much stuff. That's, yeah. You know, right on launch day. It, it's a slick marketing offensive. They've really got put it all together. Lost Omens World Guide, which is yeah. basically... Uh, so I think... I'm not just saying, instead of calling it the World of Golarian, they're calling it the Age of Lost Omens. Yes. It's a slightly different branding. And i got to say, I'm going to pick up a book called The Age of Lost Omens over some made-up word any day of the week. Fair enough. Yeah, it's like Galarian doesn't have any emotional connection to me. Right. No offence to people who loved playing in the world of Galarian. That's great for you. And it's just a fancy it, word, isn't it? Yeah. It's just fancy words. Whereas the Age of Lost Omens, I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I want to find out. Yeah. Well, you see, I'm, I'm, you know, while I'm fairly familiar with Pathfinder as, as a game system, yeah, yeah. I am not at all familiar with the setting. Fluff. Yeah, the lore is... But I've never been a second guy. I couldn't tell you that much about Forgotten Realms either. There's a twist in it. I know that. There's a twist and there's an Elminster. Oh, I should write this down. I understand there's some guy called Follow and he has a guide to monsters. And there's a morning cane. Other than Dragonlance, which I really was into. Which we can not. I made an officer quite a lot. I'm not a big second guy. Yeah, so other than Dragonlance and Ravenloft... But anyway, I was saying about Pathfinder's coming. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So yeah, Lost Omens World Guide comes out at the end of the month. Yes. Uh, and there's a Lost Omens character guide. Ooh. So it's three new ancestries. Oh. Races, um, okay. Which is the Hobgoblin, the plant-like Leshy, yeah. and Lizardfolk. Ten new heritages, which, which are I think we established with sub-races. Yeah. But yeah, ancestries, heritage. 100 yeah. new ancestry feats, Ooh. 10 new archetypes. Goodness. Uh, and uh, a load of stuff about the setting and organisations of, um, of the Pathfinder Society. Right. Nice. So that's all coming out. And then we've also got a GM screen. Yeah. We have a combat pad, Oof. which is a Pathfinder 2 combat pad, which is, as far as I can make it, exactly the same as the Pathfinder 1 combat pad, and but it, it has second edition at the top of my corner. Not to be confused with the Starfinder pad, which I'll be with what I'll be using. But yes. um, there's a character sheet pack. Yeah. We've got some condition cards. Yeah. A critical hit deck Ooh. and a critical fumble deck. Ah. So there's tons. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12 things coming out at 
pretty much at launch or immediately after launch. That's insane. So, so what's the what's the recommended retail price for Pathfinder Core Rulebook? And uh, the hardcover fifty nine ninety nine, yep. the deluxe hardcover seventy nine ninety nine dollars. Uh, that is, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's Pathfinder Second Edition. So I think both of us are giving this a thumbs up. I gotta say, yeah, yeah. I I didn't. I was expecting this to be a bit of a slog, but actually, I'm quite excited about yeah. it. And I want to say, like, yeah. people might think we've just like gushed over this thing. We haven't just gush over. I honestly thought Peter was going to hate it. I honestly did. I know he didn't like Pathfinder 1. Yeah. I know he had a thing about Pathfinder 1 being too complex. I know he's a big fan of Savage Worlds and yeah. a big fan of D&D 5th Edition and yeah. things about that level of complexity. Mm. I thought he'd hate it. So I am I am surprised that you like it. I'm pleased that you like it because it means we both like the same game. Yeah. I, 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 I was approaching this with a bit of agenda. I was looking to pick nits. Mm. It's very... I, I mean, we've established it's the same length as the Players Handbook and the Jimmy, but I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of system to master. I'm sort of intrigued. I'm sure it's by no means perfect. I'm sure when we sit down yeah. and play it properly, yeah. there are going to be things about it that bug us. Yeah, but I think they've done so much work, so much effort to make it accessible mm. and to keep all the things which make Pathfinder Pathfinder, which is the absolute customizability of your characters. Mm. There is a lot of customizability. The thing that's going to annoy people is you can't mix and match your classes. Mm. But you know what? That's, that's going to have to take one for the team. Do you know what I team. love about that customability? That customility? Yeah. Customizability. Customizability, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I love about that customizability in that depth, yeah. what yeah. I love about it is it hasn't come at the cost of complexity. It's yeah. easy customizability. All yeah. it is is when yeah. you when you it get to the third level or whatever depth. as a race, you just pick from one of these six feet. Yes. That, it's easy. Yeah. It's just... Just means that different characters are going to be different to each other, and you can. Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, and and also, I'm. I'm a sucker for good editing and solid explanation, and just things all being explained yeah. properly. So my, my, my two fears were. Yeah. So I had two fears. So yes. my first fear was there. It was going to be too complex. Yeah. I was worried it would be. It's not. No. no, I I, really, I look at it and I just wouldn't have a clue how different things worked. Yeah. And definitely these days reading 600-page rule books is yeah. more difficult. Turns yeah. out it's, you know, a lot of it's a reference book. And once you've got the, 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 the core of it down, yeah. you're fine. You're just... Yeah. I think if you've been playing Dungeons & Dragons and you're ready to, like, go for something a bit crunchier, this is actually not a bad one to go for. Well, the other thing that I was worried yeah. about was it might be a bit too 40 like in the mm. sense that, yep. and I'm not saying 4 is a bad game, because I know no, it's right. fashionable to hate or love 4 yeah, yeah. and I think that's just stupid, Yeah, uh, which is why we had our little edition war sketch today. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, 4 did some things well, and it yeah. did some things badly. And one of the things that I didn't like about 4 was the, the uniformity of it yes, uh, and the balancing of it. Yes. which Pathfinder 2E has definitely done some of, mm-hmm. made things too similar to each other. Yeah. No. And I was worried that for, uh, Pathfinder would do that, but it's gone the opposite way, yeah. and things are all different to each other. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't even make sense. It's not even English. But yeah. I, I think people will understand what I mean by that. Yeah. Dave, that, it, it's basically a finely tuned gaming product. Mm. It's not over-designed, but it... And you're not going to get lost in this book. No. You will You will be able to find it. You're going to have to read it. I'm pleasantly surprised is what I'm going to say. Yeah. I'm pleased and pleasantly surprised. What, what, what's going to be the issue? Is a lot of people are just going to pick it up and say, oh, 
I know what all this stuff is, and I'm going to miss a lot of the things which make this a really yeah, good game. Yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah. But, but you can't help that. If people aren't going to read the book that they just paid $60 for, <laughs> right, or $80 if they're going for, like, the nice Swish Deluxe Hardback, as a publisher, you can do nothing about it. But I would definitely recommend... This is a book that you need to read. It's got codified good advice. It's got examples of good design. I have found, what do I say, like two, three ideas. I'm I'm just nicking wholesale. Mm. The bulk, I'm just taking that. That's mine now. This is now coming with me. The, the initiative system, mm. we're both looking at that and saying, oh, get in. Mm. Less of that. Bit of initiative. Yeah. Bit of skill-based initiative check. Yeah. Um, the environments, the hazards, the exploration side of things, mm. I, I'm definitely taking that off with me. Well. Yeah. Anyway, so, thumbs up. <laughs> so I think we're pretty much done for this week then. Yes, yes, indeed. So we, we should probably end on that good note. No, we should. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I think we better sign off then. Yes. We? So next week, uh, with luck, unless something goes wrong, we're going to have Kevin Culp on, Woo! who is going to talk about Time Watch, yes. uh, his new game, Swords of the Serpentine, which oh. he's uh, working on, which Ooh, is nice. another Gumtree-powered game. Excellent. And uh, any, anything else that you might uh, might be uh, yeah. wanting to talk about at the time. Yeah. Uh, but until then, that's, uh, that's just me signing off. So it's goodbye from me, Russ. And it's goodbye from me, Peter Coffey, from the Southampton Guild Royal Players. See you next week. Goodbye. Apparently I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here.